well, I guess it's my turn, I think, this uh, time. Yeah, it would be your turn. So, hello, welcome to 2002, a film odyssey, your number one podcast about the cinema of 2002. Uh, I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. And we're back again uh, with another episode uh, chugging right along. We're still in February 2002. Mm-hmm. It is what, February 3rd? Uh, I believe it's February 8th. 8th. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. That's right. The last week so, was the first. Yeah. The last couple proper episodes, we were making our way through February 1st. Right. Right. So, okay. Birthday Girl, Roz, and Slackers were all uh, February 1st on right. the, the calendar. Yeah. So, so we're, we're in the second week of February now. And uh, we're talking, uh... A, f- a few movies came out on this day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is the first of a few episodes yeah. on, on this day. Uh, it's a big a big day. Some big... Uh, yeah. Huge releases. Yeah, I think, uh... Spoiler alert, but I mm-hmm. think the, the box office finally gets shaken up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't think Black Hawk Down is number one at the box office again. Wow. Um... So, you know, we finally got a little little bit of action going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, one of those movies is today's movie, and that's Mm -hmm. Big Fat Liar. Yeah, Big Fat Liar. Um, Pretty pretty excited to talk about this one. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, me too. I was was pretty excited to watch it, actually, uh, compared to like birthday girl and stuff yeah probably more excited than i've been to watch anything so far in this odyssey i think <laughs> um, uh, i mean kung pao i was kind of looking forward to rewatching yeah, until i that, that was a letdown though until i kind of started to realize that i had no reason to look forward to it <laughs> um but uh yeah bfl BFL, mm-hmm. uh, a very strange movie, mm-hmm. uh, a very high concept kids comedy that yeah absolutely mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore. No movies like this do not happen. No, um, and it's kind of a bummer. Like you're watching this, and a lot of this, a lot of this movie, like before we get too deep into it, mm-hmm. a lot of this movie, like just doesn't really work anymore like i don't know if we're too cynical or what now but like man it would be fun if if they tried something like this stupid (laughs) yeah because it is a very stupid movie right but uh, that that doesn't mean it's not fun yeah now do they do these kinds of movies do you think they get made on um like straight to disney channel or straight to disney plus or whatever I think they do, but to like a much smaller degree, yeah. uh, smaller budget, smaller concept. Like this yeah. movie is like pretty big. It's kind of a huge movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's like helicopter stunts, mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. It's, um, a, it's a it's yeah. a weird one. I can't wait to talk about it. All right, well, we can get into <laughs> it in a second. Uh, uh, do you want to? You want to talk about anything you've watched lately? Uh, Besides this? Oh, you mean chill out? And, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you want you want to chill out? Chill out and talk for a minute about uh, some stuff we've watched. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can go first. I feel like I always ask you first. Right. That's why. That's yeah. why I took the initiative. This uh, 
Yeah, so I feel like I haven't watched too much lately, at least nothing like super recent or topical. I've mostly just watched kind of like trashy uh, action genre movies. Uh, Other night uh, I watched uh, On Deadly Ground Uh, um, with, uh, with you because it was your pick for movie night. I had a pretty good time with that. Yeah, it's probably the best time I've ever I've ever had with On Deadly Ground. Uh, On Deadly Ground is a, a wild movie. I mean, it is a Steven Seagal film mm-hmm. directed by him. Yeah, uh, it is clearly this environmental passion project that he mm-hmm. had then, which he probably wouldn't even care about enough about anymore. Mm-hmm. Ironically, given the increasingly dire state of the climate. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. Like he, what's his character name again? Uh, Forrest Taft. Forrest Taft is his name. He's a, uh, uh, he works, what is he exactly? He's like a, f- kind of like a fixer slash. Yeah, he's uh, like a jack of all trades. I yeah. Think. For this uh, oil company. Yeah. Um, and the oil, oil company, the, the tycoon is played by Michael Caine. Right, was, Michael Caine at kind of a low point in his career. Yeah, in the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, weird uh, hair, very weird, like jet black hair. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like they use the oil, yeah, to dye it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in this movie, uh, we've got John C. McGinley mm-hmm. as kind of the the main henchman. Yeah, he's the right hand man. We've uh, got. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton mm-hmm. in a very small role, but doing yeah. Billy Bob things, which is kind of fun yeah. to see. He almost feels a little disconnected from the movie. Yeah, because he just <laughs> shows up later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the our, majority of his scenes aren't with Seagal or any of the main cast. No, he only has one moment with Seagal. Yeah. And that's like right before, uh-huh. spoiler alert, he dies. Right. Seagal, Seagal kills all the bad guys. Yeah. Um, in pretty punishing like he like takes knives to guys throats and stuff in this one like it's kind of a yeah kind of a grisly uh seagal movie at times yeah some of the kills were pretty great in those 90s Mm. theatrical seagals seagals pretty great in the 90s Mm. uh well up to like yeah the glimmer man maybe but uh yeah i'd say pretty much after would i would say is his best or maybe just my most you know my favorite is uh, under siege 2 under siege 2 dark yeah. territory yeah uh that's a good one i think my favorite is hard to kill yeah hard to kill is pretty great or no no out for justice excuse me I, I think if i'm being real out for justice is probably my favorite and then hard to kill out for justice is uh the one with forsyth yeah yeah. I would say that's probably the best, but I would say Hard to Kill is maybe my favorite. Yeah. Would be how I would would would, would rank Seagal. Yeah. Um cuz Alfred Justice is probably the closest to like a 70s crime mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, just that's Seagal. That's the best yeah. one. I mean, that the yeah. Andrew Davis movie kind of um, That one is uh Oh wait, no, he did Above the Law. Yeah, Davis did Above the Law uh and uh John Flynn who did uh Rolling Thunder did. Right. Okay. Out for Justice. Well, that makes sense. It would feel like a 70s movie. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Seagal, Seagal rules. Mm-hmm. Some of his direct-to-video... Well, I mean, he has a rule. We should, uh, <laughs> I mean, Seagal movies are pretty much all bad for the most part. Yeah. Um, but they're mm-hmm. like a special kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, like, above the law through Under Siege 2, I'd say, is pretty pretty solid. That's a nice run. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, I, I had a really good time with uh, On Deadly Ground, though. Yeah. I... I, I I think that that is a very unique entry into the Seagal career canon just because he actually directed it. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's he's so brutal in his takedowns mm-hmm. in this one. Yeah. Like, you can tell. And, like, the funniest thing about the movie is that basically every single character, mm-hmm. including, like, Arlie Ermey, who plays, like, a mercenary, mm-hmm. has, like, a monologue about how cool Seagal is in <laughs> yeah. the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Not even an exaggeration. Right. Every character gets at least 30 seconds to just mm-hmm. talk about how fucking cool the Steven Seagal character, Forrest Taft, is. Yeah. And why he's, like, the greatest person on Earth. <laughs> and then, so Seagal, Seagal has that. So it's, like, clearly feeding into his ego. He gets his most mm-hmm. brutal takedowns. And then the movie ends with, like, a five-minute, like... Yeah. Uh, speech that mm-hmm. Seagal gives about like climate change mm-hmm. and well not even really climate change more so just like stop dumping oil exactly. into the, into the uh, yeah. ocean yeah. but like uh, what a what a special weird movie yeah some really weird like detours in this movie <laughs> like the like the mystic section for example uh, yes i mean it is the most uh culturally appropriative mm-hmm. uh at least in terms of like native americans yeah. of any of seagal's movies because, <laughs> and then that's a territory that he mined a few times in his career um especially in the like straight to video ones but uh yeah he basically like becomes inuit mm-hmm. in the movie <laughs> uh what a fucking weird movie (laughs) yeah um but yeah i had a pretty good time this time around i'd seen it a few times before but uh i think when i was younger i just maybe got bored like in the middle yeah it is a little Um, slower than some of the other ones yeah because it is more interested in like the the like native stuff and then the the like climate stuff yeah but the big uh like oil refinery showdown is pretty pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so I watched that and then uh then you, Travis and I watched the raid last night. Right. So I guess I've just pretty much much watched movie night movies. That's all I've watched too. Um uh and two thousand two movies, obviously. Yeah. Uh uh yeah, the the raid I'd seen before. Um I saw it in theaters. Um, pretty impressive movie, considering, like, you know, budgetary constraints. I know it's pretty beloved now. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I liked it. It was my first time seeing it. I liked mm-hmm. I didn't love it, but... Um, yeah. You it's... can see... I, I do want to see the second one, which I mm-hmm. think most people tend to prefer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like impressive choreography mm-hmm. uh considering its budget pretty well made yeah too you know there's maybe a little too much digital uh blood blood splatter and uh yeah i mean that's but that's kind of a 
a, a, a complaint you could basically <laughs> yeah. lobby about any action movie since like yeah. 2006 or whatever yeah uh yeah that's really something that i don't think will ever like not take me out of uh, a moment in a movie that's that's something that always kind of distracts me yeah i'm waiting for there's got to be one filmmaker out there who like maybe like it could be like a craig zoller thing although Mm -hmm. i'm not like a fan of that guy really but like i could see him using like squibs pretty Mm -hmm. liberally again just to kind of like do his like throwback Mm -hmm. style movie um yeah i am surprised that i mean maybe maybe there are movies out there but like i'm surprised that there aren't more filmmakers trying to do that that analog style blood versus the uh the digital like blood spatter yeah sprays yeah like and it's it's harder to do the squibs because like think about the most like violent action movies we have right now are like the john wicks probably And he's, like, super efficient in those. And he's, right. like, popping guys in the head. Yeah. So you can't really do a squib on that. Yeah, and, like, things like The Raid and John Wick, when you got that really elaborate uh, choreography going on, it's probably, you know, probably squibs aren't the easiest thing to incorporate into that. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would check out uh, The Raid, too. I do think that's probably a better movie than the first one, but... Still, what what did we say the budget was on? It was like under two million dollars. Yeah, I remember that. So considering that, I yeah, that's it pretty... was impressive. Yeah, yeah. Well, and obviously all the fight choreography is really well done. Um, yeah. Like I don't know, one of the, we recognized one of the guys from the movie mm-hmm. as like being in one of the in John Wick three, right? I think. It was... Yeah, uh, Mad Dog is his name in uh, the Raid. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, obviously, those are uh, talented performers mm-hmm. uh, that are now doing other stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It was, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Um. So yeah, I watched those, and then today I actually watched uh kind of an obscure movie that I don't not even quite sure why I watched it, but I I watched it called um. Past Midnight. Have you ever heard of this one? No, it's on my head. No. Um, so it is a uh, uh, like uh, an early '90s uh, like mystery thriller, like kind of an erotic thriller kind of a thing. Like um, I would say, if you like things like Presumed Innocent or Jagged Edge or um, Basic Instinct, I guess uh, it would fit right in with one of those. And it's with uh, uh, Riker Hauer and Natasha Richardson. And I guess it's most famous now, even though it's not really famous at all, uh, because it is uh, ghostwritten by Quentin Tarantino. Or he had, Mm. like, uncredited rewrites on it. So that's, like, the only reason people might talk about it. Um, And it it was recommended to me once before by somebody, so I, like, decided to check it out today. And it's, um, it was okay, you know, okay. for one of those movies, which right. I think are like kind of comforting in a, a way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is weird, but I get it. I get yeah. It. yeah. You know, no. like one of those early nineties thrillers. 
Um, but much more low budget, I'd say, than um, any of the ones I just mentioned. <laughs> disclosure. <laughs> yeah, kind of like Disclosure. That whole disclosure life. sucks. <laughs> that's a that's, that's a, a that's a very bad movie. That's that's actually a terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> if you've watched it recently, <laughs> no, like no. bonkers that that movie ever got made. <laughs> yeah, um, uh. but uh, yeah, a pretty like decent by the numbers thriller with some like quirky touches to it. Um, Who directed it? Uh, that's a great question. Is it anybody? Nobody. Oh, okay. uh, I only kind of remember the name because I just watched it today. Somebody whose first name is um, Jan or Jan. Um, Hammer? No, not Jan Ham. No, not him. Uh, you could pull it up if you want. Past Midnight. Eliasberg? Jan Eliasberg? Mm-hmm. Is that it? Okay. That's it. Nice. Uh, it's Jan. Jan. And, and it's her. Oh, okay. Jan Eliasberg, not Jan. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, not like Jan Hammer. No, it's okay. Jan Eliasberg. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's like... Uh, if you want to watch to see if you can spot the Tarantino dialogue, that's kind of interesting. Because all you have to do is listen for the, like, kind of... Uh, uh, like the pop culture references and <laughs> kind of like cool rat-a-tat dialogue and you can figure out what his contributions were now is that tarantino under a pseudonym no so uh from what i understand uh he did he was brought in to do rewrites so it was written by somebody i think named frank norwood okay yeah, yeah that's what i was wondering if that was a pseudonym. uh so he was brought in to do rewrites i think this must have been pre reservoir dogs um uh it was 91 so, yeah so yeah. yeah one year before yeah um and i think Rutger Hauer didn't care for Tarantino's rewrites. <laughs> so he was like, I want to stick to the original script. So I think uh, from what I understand, all the other actors w- were going off of the dialogue that he'd written, but Rutger Hauer was going off of the other dialogue. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, it's got the great Clancy Brown in it. It's got, oh man, it had a, a good cast. Um, Giamatti. And that's that's why I I mentioned it last because okay. uh, it ties into our movie tonight. It's got Paul Giamatti in what I believe is his first role. Does he have like a full head of hair? Uh, he has hair, yeah, more hair than I've ever seen him with. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, um, he plays like a uh, it's like a murder mystery. So he plays like a witness to a murder. Or someone who sees something and he's got like, uh, he's like a guy with a low IQ, kind of a developmental delay. Past midnight, or uh, Rucker <laughs> Hauer is? No, Giamatti. Oh, Giamatti yeah. is. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, Rucker Hauer is the, the, the main character who might be a murderer. Oh. Yeah, it's about a guy who is accused of murdering his wife, goes to prison for 15 years and is released and uh his social worker played by natasha richardson believes that he might be innocent and of course she like falls in love with him um but maybe he's innocent maybe he's not and that's what it's about 
Gotcha. Uh, not not great, but you know, serviceable. Uh, there's an example line of dialogue in the IMDb trivia for this. Uh huh. That's just saying like, oh, this is how you can tell it's a Tarantino thing, uh-huh. and it's a very stupid line. Oh, it's, it's the uh, Nightmare makes, on Elm Street. It makes a Nightmare on Elm Street looks lo- look like Ch- Charlotte's Web. <laughs> <laughs> it's like whoa. just like basic pop yeah. culture. Uh... It's like a Tarantino Madeline. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean, it was before Reservoir Dogs, so right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows how much you could, like, blame any of the goofiness on anybody, really, just if it's had such a weird, weird development like that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, for what it is, it was, you know, perfectly fine. Interesting. Yeah, and it's on Prime if you want to check it out. Uh, I was reminded of it just because I was scrolling through Giamatti's filmography, and I saw that was an early one, so I was like, all right, I'll watch this. Uh, what have you watched? Uh, I have only really watched uh, the two movies we talked about. Uh, so, just uh, On Deadly Ground and The Raid, Redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, tried to I tried to find a way to get to the theater to see Scream this week and just haven't found the time. Been too busy. Yeah. Um, hopefully it sticks around in theaters one more week next week and Maybe I can go next week. Um, I have been reading a little bit about some of the Sundance movies that are out right Mm -hmm. now. So you're starting to see all the reviews trickle in for all those. Yeah. A couple couple things sound interesting there. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, This, like, thriller called Resurrection with... um, uh, What's her name? Rebecca Hall. Oh, okay. Who I'm a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's also this like Colin Farrell movie called After Yang. Um, oh yeah, the did Colum- you read about that? Um, I think I just read about it uh, a while ago. It's the person who directed Columbus. Yeah. 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 Koganada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's supposed to be really good. Uh. Uh, yeah, it's Jody Turner and Colin Farrell are, like, a couple. Uh, and then I think they, like, they buy an android or something. So oh, it's, okay. I guess, like, a near-future sci-fi mm. movie. I don't know. I think A24 bought it. Yeah. Uh, and the reviews seem to be the best that I've seen from Sundance. So I was reading some of those. I don't know. I didn't really look into it. I haven't had time really to watch much, obviously, lately. Um, well, I have, but I just, I guess, <laughs> you know, haven't. I, uh, <laughs> you, uh, you could, but you didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've been busy lately, and and then when I do get time, my I feel like my brain hasn't been uh, like sharp enough to focus on a movie, especially mm-hmm. not like a good movie. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know if Sundance did the, like, online digital screening room thing that they did last year. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't really looked into it too much. Because last year, you could just buy tickets to individual Sundance showings uh, for, like, relatively reasonable price. Like, 10 to 15 bucks, somewhere in there. Maybe a little more. But, Mm -hmm. um, 
watch. And you could watch them. Yeah. Which, but looking back, I don't know why I didn't do that. I, yeah, I looked into it last year too late, and, mm-hmm. like, the only ones that I could get tickets for seemed not super interesting. Oh, yeah. Like, because they still had limited quantities. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like anyone could just buy the streaming rights for, like, 24 hours right, yeah. or whatever, like, like renting something off Prime Video or something like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I looked into it too late, and the movies that were on there just didn't seem very good. None of them got very good reviews. Last year's Sundance seemed kind of shitty. Um, and also funny because, like, two-thirds of those movies haven't even come <laughs> out yet. <laughs> yeah. And we're already on another Sundance. Right. Uh, yeah, I wonder if that had something to do with the pandemic, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, because uh, there were there was that, like, Gerard Carmichael movie about the friends who, like, make a suicide pact. I remember uh, reading about that. Yeah, I've read about that. Yeah, that never came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember trying to get tickets to watch that online and couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that just hasn't come out yet. So, yeah, who knows when. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we haven't had time to mo- watch uh, many things. No, no. Um I mean, we are seeing a movie, I guess, by the time this episode comes out, we'll mm-hmm. have seen it. Yeah. We're going to see uh, one of our favorite movies of all time, mm-hmm. Heat, on the big screen. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then we're also going to see The Rock. Yeah. The Double screen. feature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty excited. Uh, yeah. Heat, I watched like three or four times during the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Heat's a comfort movie for me, Mm -hmm. uh, definitely. Uh, Which, (laughs) that probably sounds strange, too. Just like those (laughs) 90s thrillers. But, like, considering it's like a three-hour-long cops and robbers movie. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Heat's just a classic. It's uh, probably the most badass movie of all time. It's, I think, my favorite movie of all time. If I had to really pick... It would be either that or Rushmore. And, yeah. Uh, Rushmore, which references Heat. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Rushmore. Uh, I I found this out, like, two times ago that I watched Rushmore. Like, not mm-hmm. that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, where the scene where he buys the, the dynamite mm-hmm. is the exact same dialogue uh as the scene where val kilmer buys the the dynamite in yeah and he says ready demolition from tucson arizona uh uh, which i thought was very fun because those are my two favorite movies of all time yeah uh and i was just doing the like leonardo dicaprio (laughs) pointing at the screen thing Mm -hmm. the first time i noticed it right yeah yeah he rules he rules uh I don't know. I mean, I, maybe we'll talk a little more about it after we yeah. watch it again uh, this weekend. But mm-hmm. not that not that I couldn't talk about Heat right now because I've seen it <laughs> so many times. But uh, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm really excited to see it on the big screen for the first time. Yeah, because I didn't see it in theaters when I was a kid because that movie came out when I was like eight. Uh, yeah, but I yeah I didn't see it in theaters either. Uh, my dad saw it on a on a in a. Mm-hmm in a theater and 
I always wonder, like, when did that happen? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> when did you go see Heat without me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do remember my uh, grandma came back from, she came home from seeing Heat with one of her friends, and uh, she was like, I didn't like it. Too many people got shot in the head. <laughs> it's like, well. Uh, well, I could, I could see that, because yeah. it, it was, it, it was sort of billed like, oh, the two greatest actors yeah. of the generation like mm-hmm. together finally and then that movie is also just like this like crime movie yeah it's not it's not like a stuffy like oscar drama it's i mean it's great yeah but it, it's it's not like it's not like a big acting movie i mean even no. though it has good performances yeah. if you know what i mean yeah um yeah Pizza. I, you know what? I don't know if there's a cooler scene in a movie than the the scene where they're at the drive-in, the abandoned drive-in theater, and they're being ambushed. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom Sizemore just shows up with the shotgun. Tom Sizemore at the peak of his powers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like the guy that you know double crosses them is about to escape, and mm-hmm. then Tom Sizemore shows up at the like at the gate with yeah. a shotgun and just shoots him right point blank. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, my favorite Val Kilmer performance mm-hmm. by a lot. Yeah. Uh, what's funny is the thing. Another thing that I learned about Heat because. I also watched it like two or three times during the during the quarantine and mm-hmm. um, uh, Keanu Reeves was supposed to be Val Kilmer's character mm. originally which I think would have worked but it would have been different yeah uh, that would have been I think I think that would have been good I wonder what it would have done to Keanu's career yeah. that would have been right after speed right maybe yeah. that's why he didn't do it yeah he got too big or whatever right because um, they would have probably been filming at the same time. I, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Because Speed was 94 and Heat was 95. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Speed's good, too. I love Speed, too. Not as much as Heat, but... <laughs> you love Speed, too? <laughs> I love Speed. Control? I love Speed also, <laughs> as well. Uh, it's, uh, I, I actually want to rewatch Speed, too, Cruise Control, just because uh, I haven't seen that movie since theaters. I did yeah. see that in theaters. And I am curious because I we talked a little bit about Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. uh, once. I don't remember which episode we talked about it. How he even in paycheck movies, Willem Dafoe always like <laughs> tries pretty hard. Yeah. And so now I'm curious to like go back to yeah. Speed Two Cruise Control. Yeah. To see like how good is Willem Dafoe in what is pretty much universally considered a piece of shit movie. Right. Because he usually does something. He does. Even if it's, you know, a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious. Because, I mean, like, he definitely goes big in the Spider-Mans. He goes mm-hmm. big in Aquaman, which I always forget he's in. I never I never saw that. Uh, I watched it on Morphine in the hospital. Oh. When I was in the <laughs> hospital. <once. laughs> so yeah, I don't that's really right. remember it all that well. But. Yeah. But you remember Willem Dafoe. I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um yeah i don't know willem dafoe rules too yeah uh well i believe speed came out on dvd in that like uh five star collection mm-hmm. uh so in, we could finesse in 2002 yeah so Excellent. we could 
do an episode on speed uh that'd be cool i have yeah. the 4k i bought it when it came out and i haven't watched it yeah. yet so uh any excuse to give it a rewatch i would take yeah so i guess what i'm saying if any movie like had <laughs> s- like something come out in 2002 we can cover it on this show we can we can finesse it yeah we can well i mean we could also just do it like eight like uh 88 minutes right or yeah i mean there's no reason we couldn't just do something but yeah it's nice to be able to fit it into right the you know yeah we'll have to look at the uh the dvd release schedule for february too so we can see if there's any yeah any of those we want to do kind of mm-hmm. concurrently with the the theatrical schedule yeah because uh you know we kind of outlined the theatrical releases for february um and you know there's some big episodes coming Mm -hmm. up but uh i'm sure there's some interesting dvd ones too yeah yeah definitely some that i would like to do Mm -hmm. um uh this is like a little bit behind the scenes but i was going off of a um a wikipedia page that had like all the home video releases for 2002 on it and that since the last time we talked about it has been deleted that 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 page is no longer there oh no (laughs) but luckily some other like wiki whatever website uh copied it and i found it oh yeah thank god yeah Uh, (laughs) i know that's a little inside baseball but uh (laughs) well no that (laughs) that was an important article i I referenced that several times uh, yeah leading up to those yeah i just look for it it's not there um weird yeah uh i'm sure you know even if it weren't there we could figure out what the releases were Mm. we would just have to try a lot harder to figure that out but it's nice to have it all in one list did i ever tell you why i can't why i'm banned from editing wikipedia no (laughs) i never told you that uh no i think you always just have told me that you were banned yeah i can't i i'm like perma banned from mm-hmm. editing wikipedia mm-hmm. uh because i changed I, I i maybe i was like stoned or like had a couple drinks or something i don't think so actually i think it's just <laughs> something i thought was funny one night but i went on uh i i had been banned for like just making like minor goofs on there before like mm-hmm. I, I don't really remember um so i had like i guess a ban on record and uh, when I got caught for this one, mm-hmm. that was when they just banned me for, ah. like, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I changed... <laughs> I went on uh, Robert Palmer, you know, the oh, yeah. musician. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I changed his cause of death to uh, Bad Case of Loving You. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you did tell me that before. Okay. Yeah, I did know that. <laughs> I mean, I I always make myself laugh with that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really, they they banned you for that? Well, yeah. I mean, anytime someone's like purposely mm-hmm. like defacing yeah. these Wikipedia pages, they'll mm-hmm. they'll toss you a ban, mm-hmm. but they'll start out with a smaller term yeah. ban, um, and then I guess since I was a repeat offender, they they banned mm-hmm. me. So, yeah. uh, so if we yeah. ever get a two thousand two. Film Odyssey Wikipedia page. I <laughs> yeah. will not be able to update it. Someone else will have to do it. Yeah, you'll have to do it. Yeah, I can do it. Uh, uh, yeah, that's funny that you can't do that anymore. Well, I, I thought like I, I probably could game the system because it's not like I had an account 
but it's all like when you I, use, use a different email it's ip based oh, you don't all right you don't like log in or anything um well you, i guess you can but so you um, could do it from my house i could do it from your i could i don't know because i think it, it like recognizes my phone mm. um but i think i could probably like use like a vpn or something and sure. trick trick wikipedia into thinking yeah. i'm in like kansas or somewhere yeah and then do it from there but unless they ever listen to this <laughs> they're like wow he just laid out his whole plan well wikipedia is just full of like guys <laughs> it's just guys that like volunteer for wikipedia so yeah it's entirely possible that at some point some like very serious wikipedia head is gonna <laughs> listen to this and be like well serves you right pal or something <laughs> like that and then is gonna give our podcast like a bad <laughs> bad rating on itunes yeah this 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 podcast doesn't respect uh um wikipedia i don't know <laughs> i was gonna say more than that but I don't know. yeah doesn't respect wikipedia yeah yeah uh well how did we get to wikipedia again uh, we were talking about 2002 DVDs. Oh, the DVD releases, yeah, because yeah. we were talking about speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we'll have to work in some DVD releases for February, because mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think we have any planned at this point. Uh, nothing on the schedule. Yeah. Um, after this episode comes out, we're taking the next week off, because mm-hmm. we've been recording a lot lately, mm-hmm. um, and then it's collateral damage. Yep. So maybe we could look and see if anything comes out. Yeah. After what, like John Q? Is it what's the next movie? Uh, after probably Rollerball. Oh, Rollerball, of course. Yeah, yes. I, I believe we got Collateral Damage, Rollerball, uh, and then uh, Crossroads and Hearts War. Yeah, and that's then right. and then John Q and. Peter Pan returned to Neverland. Yeah. <laughs> Can't all be winners, folks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, we can look and see what, uh, maybe what comes out after Rollerball. Yeah. Because then we could put one on the schedule. Yeah. For that, like, Tuesday. Tuesday, like, I don't know, the, the like, uh, 11th or whatever that right. is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I floated the idea of doing the Bad News Bears trilogy, mm, the you right. know the original, because those uh, came out on DVD uh, sometime in February of '02. We'll look at it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll I wasn't it. sure how much interest you had in watching all three Bad News Bears. <laughs> <laughs> all three? That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Let's see them go to Japan. That's a tall order. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Possibly. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll do a poll. Yeah. If the listeners really want us to do Bad News Bears, we could we could do that. Yeah. They're busting down the, <laughs> the proverbial doors <laughs> yeah. to hear that Bad News Bears <laughs> trilogy. Trilogy. Trilogy episode. talk. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. Well, should we get into... Uh, the feature? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into the feature. Let's get into the main topic, which is Big Fat Liar. Sean Levy's Big mm-hmm. Fat Liar. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, did you see this in theaters? I didn't. Yeah. No. Um, 
I remember distinctly us talking about this movie yeah. in 2002 mm-hmm. because Ebert and Roper liked it. Yeah. Uh, they, it got two thumbs up, right? Yeah. That, that was actually the reason that I saw it because mm-hmm. they gave it a pretty positive review. Mm-hmm. Um, I checked it out when it came out on DVD, which was a kind yeah. of my MO for a lot of these movies, yeah. seeing them on DVD. Was it kind of based on my recommendation? Yeah, it was yeah. based on what we had talked about. So, yeah, uh, that was that was why I checked it out, and uh, <laughs> I think I think it, it like e- even at the time I knew that I was probably a little too old to yeah. like enjoy the movie. Uh-huh. I still enjoyed it, kind of in spite of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a fun time yeah <laughs> it's a very you say that very uh, yeah with a lot of hesitation um <laughs> i have a good time watching this movie yeah i wouldn't call it like good but. no um yeah i think i uh when i like saw the trailers and like the poster and things like that the marketing and you know all those things i had no interest in seeing it because uh, at that point I was like I'm too old for something like this like I'm trying to get into more mature mm-hmm. things like I'm a 15 year old who sees things like Gosford Park <laughs> and uh, Memento I'm not yeah you know like I didn't see things like uh, Max Keeble's Big Move or um, Joe Somebody or <laughs> Holes <laughs> yeah well I did see Holes that was yeah, a few years holes. later yeah. <laughs> we saw Holes, holes was 03 uh yeah same okay. we saw that the same day we saw too fast too furious ah back to back yeah we did yeah wow. i think okay. yeah i think we saw it back to back well no because we all it was like a bunch of us that went to the theater for too fast i think we furious. a bunch of us stayed for holes oh okay oh, so feature. we saw holes after yeah so we saw okay. too fast and then we snuck into holes <laughs> and that was the first time i had uh cookie dough bites the candy yeah yeah cookie dough bites are solid yeah uh we'll have to do like our favorite like movie theater candy segment sometime yeah we could do that i don't know what what would be a good episode to tie that in with i don't know maybe one where we don't have much to talk about yeah yeah i don't want to i don't want to bog this episode down too much while we're (laughs) Uh, <laughs> too many tangents yeah i mean i think i would go peanut m&ms yeah but off the top of my head but i i'd have to really put a list together but. yeah i think when i was younger it was all about junior mints and now it's probably uh sour patch kids yeah i i mean movie theater candy doesn't have quite the same selection like at the actual theater yeah uh obviously if you sneak your own candy in which is in my experience, at least at my our local AMC, like incredibly easy to do. I yeah. I sneak like a Red Bull can in there sometimes, <laughs> and it just looks like I've got like this fucking like massive thing in my <laughs> pants. It's got a big can in your pants. Yeah, yeah. like what is that? Liam Neeson walking in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think people would only know what you mean by that if they've read <laughs> internet rumors about Liam Neeson's. Um, I know. <laughs> uh, I figure someone will penis, get it. Penis, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's supposedly like an Evian bottle. That yeah. What, that was what Rosanna Arquette said about it. Um, 
but anyhow, yeah, uh, we saw. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent sure we saw holes in theaters together. Uh, yeah, I, after Too Fast, Too Furious. Okay, okay. Yeah. that would have been like June two thousand three, maybe. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I wasn't really seeing kids movies like family comedies at this point right. um yeah because even though even though frankie muniz's character in this is about how old we were at the time yeah it still seemed like a movie that skewed a little younger yeah it was seemed like it was meant for eight-year-olds yeah yeah uh so yeah i think i was like yeah i don't want to see this movie and then uh I think I saw the Eber and Roper review for it, and they were pretty positive about it. And I think I like uh, called my dad up that night, that Sunday night, uh, which would have been <laughs> the tenth of February. And I was like, "Hey, do you want to go see Big Fat Liar?" And we did. After I saw that Eber and Roper review, and uh, yeah, the rest was history. <laughs> is it is yeah. the rest history? uh but uh yeah because like you said it's kind of like uh uh i actually i can't remember if you said this on mic or not but it's kind of like the player meets uh 90s no we were talking about that before we before we recorded yeah. yeah 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 it's uh it's it's like uh if if the player and like blank check yeah had a had a baby which yeah. is a, a strange <laughs> strange concoction yeah it's like uh home alone or blank check meets the player with a dash of uh uh maybe like out of sight like a caper like a soderbergh style caper movie yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> It does. It, <laughs> I don't know. There's some stuff in this that's so like embarrassing. It's a watch. very dorky yeah, movie. It's so dorky. The dorkiest movie we watched so far yeah. on this. Uh, uh, whenever they, whenever they would like put the sunglasses yep. on, mm-hmm. I, whenever <laughs> I had like shivers going down my spine. I was like, yeah. God, please don't, <laughs> don't allow someone to like break into my house and catch me watching this." Yeah, because the characters would like put sunglasses on and walk in slow-mo yeah and because they were about to pull off like a cool heist or it sort of felt like a matrix parody without being explicitly a matrix parody because in 2002 that would have been still kind of in the lexicon yeah obviously like kung pao did it like a few weeks before right um because Frankie Muniz had like little sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the little ones, and then yeah. uh, Amanda Bynes had like red ones. Um, um, but yeah, it the review that Eber and Roper gave it made it seem like kind of uh, I don't want to say like a a thinking person's family comedy, but it seemed like you know like a Hollywood satire. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of is. Yeah, it's just very, like, tepid and mm-hmm. um, very, like, unrealistic. Yeah, one thing I, I noted this, this like, uh, viewing was for a movie that's all about, like, Hollywood productions and mm-hmm. stuff like that, it's very weird that 
uh, the d- job of director doesn't exist in this movie. <laughs> no, like, no, yeah, like, they, uh, yeah, like, the producer does everything. Yeah, and, <laughs> and at uh, the end of the, at the end of the movie, yeah. when they're watching the, the credits to mm-hmm. Big Fat Liar, yeah. the movie's Big Fat Liar, mm-hmm. um, it, it just has written and produced by Marty Wolf. <laughs> uh, no, not Marty Wolf. It, mm. it was his assistant. What's her oh, name? Uh, Amanda Detmer's character. Yeah, uh, I can't remember her character name. Uh, it's something also uh, with an M. Um, anyway, um, I should remember her name because I've seen this movie so many times. Uh, it's like. Uh, uh, Moxie? Not Moxie. It's a weird name. Uh, uh, Monty. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Not Moxie. So it just says written and produced by Monty Kirkham. Mm-hmm. And then and then the next credit is just based on a story by <laughs> Jason Shepard. And yeah. director doesn't exist. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know why they didn't just make Marty Wolf the director. Right. I, I don't know. It, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, because they could have like, made him a director. It this it's not like this movie didn't have a director like yeah. Sh- Sean Levy, who made this movie and has a cameo in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, knows what a director is because he <laughs> is one. Yeah, like it's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like they didn't bother. Like they had no interest in making uh, the the production side of things realistic at all. Right. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so I I just saw that it was like kind of a, you know, like a Hollywood satire and I was like, all right, well maybe this for a kids movie will be pretty good. So I saw it and I I was pretty pretty impressed <laughs> when I saw it the first time. I saw it that night and I was like, oh yeah, this is pretty funny for what it is. Yeah, I think even then though, I still probably recognized that I was mm-hmm. a little too old for yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Uh and like if someone i thought was like really cool i mean i guess like if if there was someone i was like trying to impress that Mm -hmm. was like gonna ask me if i'd seen it i probably would have just said no or something like that in 2002 (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) like if some girl i had a crush on or something asked me if i'd seen it i'd be like nope haven't seen it (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't own it on dvd yeah uh yeah because i think i would have liked to have thought of myself as like a mature moviegoer right but it just it ticked off certain boxes like it it had a lot of hollywood in jokes and it was i mean it still kind of (laughs) does yeah (laughs) it's it's definitely uh pretty embarrassing yeah but it also like it it has the it, it feels like one of those mid 90s comedies that we would have been into at the time like richie rich and blank check and all those um yeah big high concept yeah kids movies because now kids movies well i don't even really know what kids movies are kids movies are just animated movies now yeah there's not a whole lot of live action kids comedies no because that stuff just gets turned into like disney channel sitcoms now yeah um but yeah and there's just something about like kids getting like everything that they want that's like really appealing like you know 
like Richie Rich getting a roller coaster in his backyard, or <laughs> yeah, because it's like a fantasy that yeah, he was like a kid can kind uh, of like vicariously, and yeah, and in this one they go to Hollywood and they get to sleep in the uh, prop room, they get to live in the prop room and get to <laughs> have a montage where they play with all the Universal props. Uh, that montage, simply iconic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> What's the song? Uh, playing in that scene i i it's not i expected to remember the song when i watched it and then i watched it and i was like i don't know what that song is i only know it from this (laughs) uh uh i definitely remember come on come on yeah smash mouth for sure soundtrack because i think that might have been in the trailer also yeah um because that was kind of like used in the like the opening scene Mm mm-hmm where uh, Frankie Muniz is riding on his skateboard to school. So I think if I had to guess, mm-hmm. uh, the song that's playing in the montage is something by a band called The Grand Scheme, mm. S-K-E-E-M, and they do like five songs on the soundtrack okay. for this. Hmm. So I don't know if it's just like a... It was a for hire band or whatever. I don't mm. know, but uh, they do a lot of the songs, and then, and then it's got like you know obviously a few other needle drops like yeah, hungry like the wolf is mm-hmm. is kind of the, the most one I prominently remember. I'd say yeah, uh, the Fat Boy Slim song during the like yeah <laughs> final phase mm-hmm. of the plan <laughs> the final final phase <laughs> so dorky uh, yeah dorky but awesome. And then, uh, oh, the Baja Men. Yeah, the Baja so, Men's in there. Move it like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This it was is... the only year where that could have yeah. happened. Yeah. So. If this movie had come out in any other year, yeah. it wouldn't have had that soundtrack. No. No. no it's uh, fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed this movie when I saw it for the first time. And I bought it on DVD, and I'd watched it a couple times since, and I obviously pressured you into checking it out. Yeah, yeah, I I got it on DVD uh, when it came out Mm -hmm. in 2002, and then uh, uh, I might have watched it like one other time on DVD after that, Um, but it was also a movie that for me was like a cable stop oh, okay or yeah. if i see it on cable i'll flip to it and watch it yeah. for at least a few minutes right um also i kind of am just a sucker for uh hollywood satires mm-hmm. because like, even the dumbest ones even the dumbest ones because i also used to anytime i would see crocodile dundee in los angeles <laughs> on tv i would stop yeah. on that and watch right. that and that movie is way dumber than this movie. And this movie's pretty dumb. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's other ones I'm forgetting. But, like, uh, yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed this movie at the time. And yeah. A part of me still kind of enjoys it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in spite of ourselves. In spite of ourselves. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, um, so, yeah, I hadn't seen it probably and. 10 plus years so i was kind of looking forward to rewatching it Mm -hmm. because the last time i probably watched it was with you Mm -hmm. probably yeah probably (laughs) Uh, 
Uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm excited to watch this. So I, I rebought it on DVD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I would say pretty much is exactly how I remembered it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for better or worse. But yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, the stuff that's kind of cringe was kind of cringeworthy about it, even to like 15 year old me. Mm hmm has only gotten worse yeah <laughs> but <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i don't know if i wouldn't say that this movie has uh i don't think it's worse than i remember no maybe, i i mean maybe a little but i mean <laughs> not to an this, ex- extreme I, I, uh, I will uh slight spoiler this movie ranks pretty high on my 2002 list so far yeah for the episodes that we've done yeah it would probably rank pretty high on mine too just because you know we haven't watched anything super great so far yeah well should we should we break down the plot yeah we should probably just explain what this movie even is in case someone doesn't know what this movie is about um so it's about a uh high school student a 15 year old uh he's in high school 14 Oh, 14. Yeah. Uh, named Jason Shepard, played by Frankie Muniz, who uh, uh, he kind of kind of scams his way, I'm I'm assuming, through high school. And uh, uh, he would probably be like a ninth grader, I would think. Yeah. Ninth grader makes sense. Um, um, where where was this in relation to the. OK, so this is before. Agent Cody Banks. That was 03. Oh, for Frankie's uh, filmography? Yeah, this was pre-Cody Banks, probably... Post-Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. I I never watched Malcolm in the Middle, so I don't know when that show ended. Uh, It could have been going on during this. Yeah, it did. That show went on until like 2006. Oh, okay. Which seems crazy to me. Yeah. um, I never watched it. Oh, really? Yeah. I used to watch it a little bit. Um... The only other movie that I think I or most people would have seen Frankie Muniz in was My Dog Skip. Yeah. Which was um, 2000. Yeah. Uh, I'd never seen My Dog Skip. I haven't seen that, I, but... You know, I was f- very familiar with it. Um, my uncle saw it. I remember that. Your uncle saw My Dog Skip? I, I just remember my uncle asking <laughs> me if if I ever saw it and <laughs> saying that he liked it. Um uh, I said no. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all I got. That's all I got. Dad, did you see that movie, My Dog Skip? It was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> this is my uncle John Benjamin. <laughs> uh, um. Uh. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about. Oh, the plot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also. I got this. I didn't realize Muniz was also in Deuces Wild, which is I I did know that to talk about. Yeah, Deuces Wild is coming up. You know what his character name is in that? No, Scooch. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. Scooch. Scooch. Uh, Well, yeah, Scooch, aka Frankie Muniz, plays Jason Shepard in this movie. Um, who, uh, is introduced basically as, uh, you know, a guy who, a kid who tells lies. Uh, he's a liar. He's a liar. Yeah. Like, uh, and he's 
kind of lazy, I guess. Like he doesn't uh, do his homework and things like that. It's, uh, it's actually kind of similar to Slackers. It is pretty similar to Slackers. He comes up with these over-the-top schemes instead of just doing the thing, right. which would probably take him less time. Yeah. So, basically, when the movie starts, he uh, he goes to his class, uh, his English class, and he doesn't turn in, um, like, the, the midterm paper, I think, and... Uh, that basically means that he will fail the course. Uh, so he has to, like, last minute write this short story uh, in order to pass the class, and he has to get it to his teacher at a certain time. His teacher played by Sandra Oh. Sandra Oh, yeah. A little bit of a reunion for Sandra Oh. And, uh, well, or, sideways yeah, was the reunion. Yeah, this is the pre-reunion yeah. for Sandra Oh and Paul Giamatti. But, uh, yeah, so he has to turn this paper in by, like, 5 o'clock this day in order to pass his English class, or he fails uh, the, the course. So he's he writes the paper, and then he goes to turn it in, but he uh, in, gets hit by a limousine driven by this big-time Hollywood producer played by Paul Giamatti as he plays Marty Wolf, uh, who... Uh, after a turn of events, basically steals his paper mm-hmm. and turns it into a big movie. Yeah, like yeah. when when Muniz gets in the limo, yeah, he like spills his backpack. His backpack. Contents. Yeah, uh, and then uh, and then th- that paper falls out, and then yeah, Giamatti goes to give it back to him, but he he's already gone. he like s- starts to read it, and, and he's, he's like, oh, and he arches he does, like an eyebrow, eyebrow arch, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he steals it and turns it into a big. Hollywood movie, uh, of which they have a trailer before yeah. any of the movie has been shot. Yeah. Um, so Jason Shepard basically embarks on a journey to, uh, you know, get credit for his right his paper. They, so that, yeah, that's it, basically what it's about. Yeah, him yeah. and Amanda Bynes. Yeah, uh, it was his best friend. Yeah. Uh, go cross-country mm-hmm. from... They don't really say where. Um, uh, do they? I thought they said Michigan, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Well, it just sort of seems like generic Midwest or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. And so they, they go they go to L.A. sort of under everyone's noses. Like, nobody knows they're there. Right. And they, yeah. That's um, when uh, hijinks ensue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that's just the brief, you know, yeah. kind of synopsis. That's what sets the plot right. in motion. Um, uh, yeah, Frankie Muniz and Amanda Bynes. Uh, yeah, Frankie Muniz I knew from Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, My Dog Skip. And My Dog Skip, which <laughs> I hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, much to the chagrin of my Uncle Jeff. <laughs> uh, and then... Um, Amanda Bynes, of course, knew from, like, Nickelodeon stuff. Yeah, all that. All that. Yeah. Um, and was this, like, her first movie? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't remember seeing her in anything except for like, Nickelodeon yeah. shows. Because uh, when was She's the Man? Oh, four? Uh, that would have been a little later, like, oh, five or oh, six. I oh, think. okay. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, that was oh, six. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, she was in uh, What a Girl Wants. That was in two thousand three. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, this this was her first movie. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember seeing her in anything besides like all that, and she had like another Nick show, right? The Amanda Show. Is yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. She had her own show on there. Yeah. She kind of followed the uh, Keenan and Kel route. Yeah. I guess to Nickelodeon kind of anointed her as one of their <laughs> yeah. big stars. So yeah. And this movie also has, like, Nickelodeon movie vibes, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely reminds me of those, like, yeah. Good Burger and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're fine, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, There's a couple of moments where I'm like, ah, oh, Frankie Muniz is not, not a good actor, like, obviously. Uh-huh. But, like, <laughs> you remember the part where he, like, drinks all the Cokes? Yeah, uh-huh. And he has he to act like Super hyper, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a terrible performance <laughs> in that scene specifically. Yeah. That's like, I mean, I guess cause it, he is kind of a kid, although mm-hmm. Frankie Muniz is a little older than he looks in this movie. I think he was actually like 17 oh, wow. or something. Let me see how old yeah, he was. Yeah, let's look at this up. Um, I feel like he was a little older than, uh, he, he, he was born in 85. So yeah, he would have been. 16 so, going on 17. Yeah. So he's older than I am. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. But that performance, like in that scene, like I'm just like, <laughs> oh, that's a kid. Yeah. That's like just some kid. If you told him to act hyper, <laughs> like that's how he would act. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not like a nuanced performance, which, again, it's just a kid. I'm not going to like yeah. hold it against him really or anything, but... Yeah. It was just like, I was like, oh, that's, that's like if you told me to, <laughs> to pretend to drink like 14 Cokes or whatever. Yeah. Like that's what I would have done when I was like 14 years old. Right. Uh, I do remember in that Eber and Roper review, they compared Frankie Muniz to uh, Michael J. Fox. They, they were like, oh yeah, he's like kind of a Michael J. Fox type. That's uh, that's maybe an optimistic read on, <laughs> on Frankie Muniz, and I would say that that has not uh, borne out yeah. <laughs> career-wise. Yeah, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe but... not. <laughs> you think it could still happen? <laughs> it could still happen. Uh, he's what a couple of years older than me now. Yeah, he could come back, and <laughs> he's always been a couple of years yeah. older than you. Uh, he's in his mid thirties. Frankie Muniz is one of the funniest twitter accounts like uh <laughs> hold on let me find one i i don't think i follow him on twitter but oh i don't follow him it's uh, his his old tweets are just funny like i also don't really go on twitter so i don't know uh <laughs> he's just got okay so he's just got a bunch of like weird tweets that like are funny in a strange way like uh-huh. this one's my favorite <laughs> it's so stupid uh-huh. and it's not a joke or anything um he's he's very open about a lot of his stuff on there sometimes but this one is think i broke my knee trying to get on my motorcycle Tried to whip my leg over real quick <laughs> and need the luggage rack so hard I threw up. <laughs> and that's the whole tweet. <laughs> and I'm retweeting it right now again while I'm looking at it. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, that would be pretty funny if 
he just this that was just something he came up with <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, uh, a, like a weird anti-comedy yeah or whatever that frankie muniz is doing <laughs> um, some sort of like uh the <laughs> yeah. hamburger thing well maybe i should follow frankie muniz no that tweets from like 2015 ah. so i he probably doesn't even post stuff like that anymore <laughs> uh, which is gone are those days of twitter where you, yeah. you get like hulk hogan posting a picture of like a dog turd that he found on his carpet <laughs> with like a caption that says like it's poop brother h h h h um uh yeah, so where were we with the, the plot? <laughs> well, we kind of went through it. The, we, we, we did the quick synopsis. Yeah. So I guess we can go a little more in depth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah, Amanda Bynes and uh, Frankie Muniz star. Um, uh, I mean, what do you want to do? You want to... You want to go over the cast? Wanna... Uh, well, let's. Um... How in depth with the plot do you think we should go? In this so, movie? so from where I got, I I got to them going to Hollywood. Were there any scenes like in the first like twenty minutes that you want to um, hone in on? Well, the bully, who's yeah. played by Taron Killam yeah, Taron from like Kellum. SNL. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I didn't know until I watched this this time. Uh, every time I've seen him in something, I've said in my head, "Oh, that's the bully from Big Fat Liar." <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> that's like, like when I saw Twelve Years a Slave. <laughs> oh, he's in that movie. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's it's a, an important character in that movie. <laughs> Don't like the sound of that, but um, uh, interesting. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know Taron Killam from much besides SNL and this, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess I just know him from SNL, 12 Years a Slave, and Big Fat Liar. Um, uh, I, you know, I always kind of assume that he was a cast member of, it's, of, um... All That. All That. Uh, Maybe they knew each other? I think he was on, uh, her, her show. Oh, uh, the Amanda. Okay. I can't remember what it's called. The Amanda Show, the Amanda Bynes Show. We can look that up. Yeah, I think he was on that show. The Amanda Show. Hmm. Well, uh, the Amanda Show had oh Drake and Josh. Oh, okay. Who then got their own spinoff, right? And now Drake Bell is a sex offender. Hmm. Um. Josh Peck is in stuff. Kind of. Sometimes. The Turner and Hooch thing. Oh, yeah. Disney Plus. Um, I'm looking up to see if Taron... Yeah, Taron Killam was on... Well, he was on two episodes. Oh, okay. But... So he was in that world. Yeah, I'm sure they knew each other. Maybe that was how he got the the bully role in this or something. Yeah. Um, That stuff... I don't know. He's like... I mean, he's very broad. <laughs> yeah, but he's doing a character. Yeah, I guess. Um, um, I don't know if his character goes anywhere like super interesting or funny uh, no, throughout the movie. But I mean, okay, I guess we can explain one thing. We can explain is that he, they, they hire him to pretend to be Kaylee. 
Yeah. Is Amanda Bynes' yeah. character. Um, who is supposed to be with her grandma. Right. Who is, I guess, very senile and, yeah. and has poor vision. <laughs> uh-huh. So they just have Taryn kill him, pretending yeah. to be Amanda Bynes. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not even like he's really... like He's not doing, like, a character. Like, uh-huh. he's not, like, doing, like, this, like, Oh, I'm... <laughs> Yeah, Amanda Bynes or whatever. <laughs> no, he's just like playing himself, yeah. like which I think I thought was funny back then that he just like right. uh, didn't do a voice. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's really all that funny, but no. It's like... <laughs> I mean, I guess credit for them to not like put yeah. him in a stupid wig or whatever, and yeah. have that be the joke. Um, uh, yeah, he's like the. The dim-witted bully who, you know, they they say, like, we'll do your summer school homework if you do this favor for us. If you pose as, uh, as Kaylee. And they kind of, like, explain all that stuff in, like, one line of dialogue. Why they're able to uh, leave for Hollywood. Uh, mm-hmm. Because both of their parents have gone on vacation like they're out of town they set it up very yeah, conveniently very conveniently yeah. <laughs> they yeah. do it very quickly yeah um yeah so uh they established that that they you know their their parents are out of town and then uh jason and kaylee go to the movies and see the trailer they see a movie and they see the trailer for big fat liar Right. Yeah, which is the uh, based on the short story that he had written, right? For it, his class, it even has like character name. And yeah, stuff. it's got That's the how same. He knew it was his yeah. story, and I think the the trailer even has lines of his story in it. Um, and so they see the trailer, and he's like, uh, "She says to him, well, you want to see that?'" And he's like, "See it? I wrote it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what he says. Yeah. Um, which I don't know why um, why that movie would be a like big blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, it looks so terrible. It looks awful. Uh, <laughs> and then when they show the footage at the end of the movie, it looks yeah. terrible too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in the world, you know, in this movie's universe, like that's like highly anticipated film yeah uh that they're talking about like i don't know years before it comes out <laughs> yeah it's it's like a star wars sequel or something yeah. like that um and i, I st- you know i've seen this movie several times and uh you know i saw this when i was 15 i still don't know if i know what the premise of his of jason shepherd's story is it's about (laughs) someone who uh tells tells lies and it makes him big they because they tell lies they turn into a giant yeah i think so okay (laughs) um (laughs) that's about that's about as much as i understand of it Uh, and i've seen this movie like several times (laughs) so yeah i guess it's about a person who with every lie they tell they grow bigger right until they eventually turn into like skyscraper which size like that doesn't sound like a movie that sounds like a shitty children's book yeah that you would like read your son Uh (laughs) like 
<laughs> but like it doesn't sound like a blockbuster movie. Yeah, but yet uh, Paul Giamatti, Marty Wolf, saw this short story and was like, "Oh, this is gold." Yeah, can... he does a very uh, big eyebrow arching. <laughs> yeah, Giamatti rules in this movie. Uh, yeah, he goes very big, and he goes for it. And yeah. it works because this movie's so goofy that it's like, well, you may as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, th- this movie's like very stupid. It's and, stupid. you know, it's kind of a shame because he is like doing something mm-hmm. with his character. Um, I think I would, I kind of hold this uh, Giamatti performance in pretty high regard as far as like comedy performances in kids movies go Mm -hmm. like i kind of think of it as like uh i would put it up there with like uh ben stiller and heavyweights like that kind of a thing yeah a a virtuoso performance in a movie that really doesn't deserve it yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh like a really committed like they're not phoning it in like they're trying to be funny stiller Um, and heavyweights is yeah excellent so yeah that's that's a good call um Um, also uh this is maybe a little bit more of a deep cut but um david cross in uh um the alvin and the chipmunks uh movie i don't know that i've seen that i've only you gonna tell me that i saw that in theaters no 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 no. you you didn't see that uh (laughs) that i know of uh i only saw that because i worked uh somewhere uh where when that movie came out on dvd we had we showed it on like a tv like on repeat so Mm -hmm. i like watched it many times um but that's another case where you know it's a you know a stupid kids movie but he's actually trying to do something kind of interesting and funny uh yeah uh i I, I think he's really good in this movie. <laughs> it's not a movie that needs a good performance out of anybody, no. really. But I, I I suppose maybe that's part of why I still have a, a little bit of a fondness for this movie. Yeah. Is because he is... He's really going for it. Yeah. Like, um, he goes real big. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. The stuff with the monkey is all funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Well, I guess we can, like, kind of just maybe breeze through a little bit of yeah. the plot um, to where we maybe get to the uh, the the pranks. Uh, yeah. So, so they go out to Hollywood. Yeah. And then... Because, they... because uh, Jason's um, dad uh, has expressed that he doesn't uh, trust Jason anymore mm-hmm. because he, you know, he's lied about all sorts of things, like... Yeah, it's funny that this movie is all about, like, not disappointing your father. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is weird because the mom is, like, a character in this movie, but mm. she has, like, exactly one line of dialogue, yeah. which is just, like, did you eat your oatmeal? Jason? Yeah, I did notice that. never that she, speaks again. She has no lines in this movie. Yeah. That is um, Stanley Tucci's uh, sister. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh-huh. Um, Christine Tucci. Very weird that she, she gets one line of dialogue, yeah. and it's that it's Mm -hmm. did you eat your oatmeal or whatever yeah (laughs) because otherwise she's just standing there she's just standing there looking disappointed Mm -hmm. or relieved like at the end of the movie yeah that's it 
and then the dad gets all the <laughs> all the all the glory yeah uh so yeah because you know jason didn't you know do his homework and you know he's been lying about all, all these things his dad doesn't trust him anymore so he wants to prove to his dad that he actually did do his homework <laughs> and the you know the thing really did happen where he got hit by a limo with a hollywood producer inside um who stole his story he wanted to prove that to his dad because his dad didn't believe that that was true who was in town filming a julia white yeah uh, a chicken buddy cop movie yeah that's another thing that you know which brings it back to the this hollywood satire is that uh he was working on a kind of like a turner and hooch style (laughs) uh animal human uh action comedy uh right Whitaker and Fowl? Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, With uh, Jalil White. I mean, I will... I mean, I, a I, lot of that stuff's not very funny, but uh, I will say, uh, I guess props to Jalil White for, like, <laughs> being willing to make fun of himself yeah. so much in this movie, because he really... They really do. Yeah, they really do make fun of him. Like, he even calls himself Urkel, like, a yeah. few times, like... Yeah. Um, uh, I definitely thought that was pretty funny back then. Yeah. Yeah. What about the scene at the premiere where when the chicken arrives and it starts <laughs> Play, playing uh... like Disco Inferno, yeah. I think. <laughs> and then all the all the reporters swarm the chicken. They leave Julia White. <laughs> this movie is so stupid. But I had, I had so much better of a time watching this than like most of the things yeah. we've watched so far. Yeah, I mean like... I had a better time watching this than Imposter. Uh, <laughs> Way more fun than Imposter. Uh, you know, Orange County, even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, all right. So they they get to L.A. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So he wants to prove to his dad that he he wasn't lying. He really did write this story, and all the stuff he said about being hit by the limo and the producer was true. So he. Once, you know, the parents leave town, he and Amanda Bynes go to L.A. to make Marty Wolf admit that he stole the story. Right. So all he wants out of Marty Wolf, and they kind of con their way into a meeting, Mm -hmm. um, is to get Marty Wolf to call his dad and just tell him that Jason wrote the story. Like, he doesn't Mm -hmm. want money or, like, even a credit on the movie or anything. He just wants his dad to know that he did his his homework. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and Marty Wolf tells him no. Yeah. Uh, uh, because Paul Giamatti is like a cartoonish villain in this movie. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, he like, uh, yeah, Giamatti is like, all you want me to do is call your dad? Like, you came all this way just because you want me to tell your dad that you did your homework? And Frankie Muniz is just like, yeah, that's all I want. And, uh he's like okay uh but that's a fake out because he ends up like uh uh like burning uh the short story right like Mm -hmm. he pulls the short story out of his safe Mm -hmm. and 
Oh, because he's like, oh, do you want a cigar? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was funny because Jason says, I'm 14, and Uh then GMI just says, suit yourself or whatever. (laughs) And then he lights the cigar and then, like, uh, you know, stamps it on the the paper and lights it on fire. Uh, Yeah, so he burns the story, uh, and then Jason... uh, is very upset by this and basically this means war for him like he's like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna make you pay for this and i'm gonna get you to admit this eventually um let's before we get into kind of the pranks let's go over some of the supporting characters that are kind of like in this movie Mm -hmm. like um because you've got um uh john cho John Cho. Mm-hmm. I actually thought this was pretty cool. I don't know if you saw it in the, the IMDb trivia. trivia about the accent thing. Yeah, I did. Which I thought that. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, John Cho was asked to do this role with an accent. I yeah. assume like a very stereotypical. Probably a pretty broad. Asian accent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, he turned it down. He said he didn't want people to think it was okay to laugh at the accent. Mm-hmm. And so in the movie, John Cho does not do an accent. He's just just sounds like john cho John Cho, yeah. yeah 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 and uh i thought that was pretty pretty cool mm-hmm. that he even back in 2002 yeah. was kind of take able to take that stance yeah and uh kind of get rid of some of those broader stereotypes mm-hmm. that are bad jokes um john cho uh donald Faison. Mm-hmm. is the limo driver yeah, limo driver who they uh used to be marty's driver uh yeah used to be marty's limo driver but uh when uh jason and kaylee get to the airport in la they kind of come up with this scheme to trick donald Faison, the limo driver into being their limo driver right um so yeah but it turns out that he was kind of screwed over by Marty Wolf, you know, yeah. years prior or whatever. And he agrees to help them out in their their journey. So, yeah, um, you got Donald Faison, who at this time was probably on Scrubs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. imagine that probably was, yeah, 2001 to mm-hmm. 2010 Scrubs. That's yeah. not a show I like or I've ever really even no. tried. No, I mean, watch. I watched it back then, but... Uh, um, we got Amanda Detmer as mm-hmm. Monty, who is yeah. Marty's like personal assistant. Yeah. Uh, who I I know most from Final Destination. Oh yeah, yeah. I also know her from uh, uh, Saving Silverman. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. as uh, Sandy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Sandra O. Oh is Miss Caldwell, mm-hmm. Jason's teacher. Yeah. Uh Lee Majors is yeah. the stunt guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh who else do we got? And then there's some And then some... Julia White, of course, yeah. as himself. Who I believe is uncredited. Yeah. Yeah. Is. Um and then you get some some cameos a little later on when they get to the like the big Hollywood party. Um, you got like Dustin Diamond and Dustin Diamond, Keenan, mm-hmm. uh, Sean, Sean Levy, Levy, the director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's 
kind of about it. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the majority of the the, the kind of the players. Mm-hmm. There's some like other characters. I guess I wanted to go over it because they're all involved in like the final prank at the yeah. end of the movie. Right. So, um, every, it's all about how many people Marty Wolf has screwed yeah. and been a dick to over yeah. the years. So they all come together for this yeah. purpose to at the end of the movie. Get back at, at Marty Wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, once Jason learns that Marty has no intention of admitting the truth, uh, he, he and Amanda Bynes kind of hatch this elaborate scheme uh, to kind of get him to admit it, or at least, you know, get him caught. Um, so what they do is they come up with these, uh, uh, like a series of pranks to <laughs> sabotage his, uh, they're trying to break his will yeah, yeah. so that to get him to relent by mm-hmm. making his life hell, mm-hmm. uh, thinking that he'll break down and, and call yeah. Jason's dad. Right. Uh, uh, and all that stuff, I think, comes straight out of the, the 90s kids comedy playbook like with your blank checks and your home alones and yeah. your three ninjas and what have you. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, like, what does he do to him? Like he obviously the the most famous one or the most memorable one, mm-hmm. I guess, would be he he puts blue industrial strength dye mm-hmm. into Marty's like pool. Yeah, his because pool. they they track him for a day, so mm-hmm. they get his daily routine. Yeah, and then that's how they're able to formulate their pranks. So yeah, like they uh, they put the blue dye in the pool. They put the orange dye in the shampoo. <laughs> so the, he, his skin's dyed blue and his hair is like bright orange right um what else do they do they also like uh, they fuck with the wiring on his car his car <laughs> so like every time he uh uh steps on the brakes the the horn honks yeah like that's a cool prank <laughs> yeah <laughs> he, he could have died <laughs> uh yeah they like mess with the wiring in his car <laughs> amanda Bynes is doing that and yeah I feel like that's like just because she got like the the owner's manual she yeah, yeah figured out how to <laughs> i don't think they explain any of that in there reconfigure the wiring yeah um Yes, they do that. They get a hold of his like uh, his Palm Pilot or his itinerary. Uh, does he have a Palm Pilot or? It's a Palm Pilot, yeah. I think. Yeah. So they they learn that he's got like a a meeting with the studio president about mm-hmm. you know Big Fat Liar's budget. Um, Big Fat Liar meaning the movie in the movie. Yeah. BFL. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's how they refer to it a yeah. couple of times in this. Uh, yeah, uh, so they, Amanda Bynes pretends to be, like, the secretary of the studio head. Yeah. Gives them the address to, like, Lee Major's nephew's birthday party. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so instead of going to the studio president's house for a meeting, he ends up going to this birthday party looking like a clown. Yeah. Looking... <laughs> you know blue blue skin and orange hair and uh 
and uh, it just happens to be a group of kids that are very aggressive uh, very aggressive and they don't like clowns apparently and they want to beat them up (laughs) (laughs) yeah which i feel like that is like all lucky on jason shepherd's part that they're just having to be violent kids who hate clowns yeah yeah (laughs) because what i mean what would have happened if they're like i don't know just random docile party kids or whatever (laughs) i mean i guess maybe they wouldn't be docile but like just random normal kids uh he would have probably just left. <laughs> He'd been like, oh, no, I'm not a clown. I just got... Yeah. Um, I just had a thing happen in my pool. <laughs> I got turned blue. <laughs> uh, uh, so um, then... There is a there is a, a part that uh, I want to shout out here that happens right around this. And mm-hmm. this character is in this movie twice. Um, mm-hmm. Has a brief moment. Mm-hmm. And then comes back like... 10 minutes later mm-hmm. uh it's the old woman driving the oh, car oh yeah yeah that just says like up yours blue boy yeah at paul giamatti yeah makes me laugh every <laughs> time <laughs> uh that yeah up yours blue boy yeah the way she says it is funny and then she like <laughs> then she like hit and runs yeah uh, paul giamatti <laughs> uh yeah, I mean it's just a fender vendor, but she she like bumps into him and then just leaves. <laughs> yeah, and then because because he's a dick. And then later on, she says, "Eat my boobies, blue boy." Oh, I thought it was boogies, like boogers. Uh, was it boobies? I think she says, "Eat my boobies, blue boy." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, that seems a little racy for this movie. Uh I don't know why she would say, "Eat my." boogies <laughs> uh yeah I mean, we could look it up uh but i believe she says eat my boobies blue boy let's let's find this out let's see if this fact is, check this is even like i mean if she says up yours blue boy she might as well say eat my boobies so there's some debate over what Oh, she wow. actually says. Okay. Um, I mean, some people say, eat my boobies. Um, I mean, I suppose it'd be easily checked by just putting on the subtitles for this movie. <laughs> um, but some people, some people do think that she says, eat my boobies, blue boy. But I think what it actually is, is eat my bloomers. Mm. boy okay because i think i think that means like shorts yeah i guess that would yeah that would make and i think it'd be a little little less a little more pg (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh i think that's what she actually says yeah i think my whole life i thought it was eat my boobies well you're not you're you're not alone because there's a whole bunch of people that also think that's what she says um (laughs) Uh, and so I mean I don't know why I I guess I just heard like boogers <laughs> <laughs> eat my boogies um, yeah so uh, yeah they they turn him blue they turn his hair orange they fuck with his car uh, and uh, uh, that guy that beats him up the monster truck guy is yeah pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> so yeah because they have. Uh, you know mess with the wiring uh he uh it it, it's affected his braking right um so when he stopped at that light uh 
he, uh, he well he didn't hit he did get very close yeah though, because of oh he breaks. didn't want to break too abruptly because it would do a sustained horn yeah. horn honk yeah yeah uh and then that's when the old woman yeah bumps into him like comes back the one who said up yours blue boy mm-hmm. from earlier um and then uh she rear ends him yeah which knocks him into like a monster truck in yeah. front of him but like he just hits the tires yeah and then it's just like a guy like in like kind of like early 90s like weightlifting outfit like mm-hmm. with a tank top and yeah the fucking zuba's pants or mm-hmm. whatever and uh the guy looks like a pro wrestler or something. Well, like a fat pro wrestler, but yeah. you know what I mean. Um, Very upset. Yeah, he gets real mad yeah. and then, well, like crunches his car, right? Uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he smashes his car. Mm-hmm. He monster truck smashes his car. But that, I believe, is off screen. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, because the next we see of his car, it's, it's being, being towed. towed. Yeah, and the that's like the signature line, I think, from yeah, the trailer. Definitely from the trailer, yeah. Which is, uh, they said to pick up a little blue car. They didn't say anything about a little blue man. <laughs> yeah, and then that character just like doesn't say anything else. Yeah, <laughs> that's a weird scene. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um... Uh, and that tow truck driver, we talked about this before. Yeah, we uh, talked about Screenwriter. Yeah, he's a screenwriter. Not for this movie, but like... Yeah, but uh, he'd uh, he'd written some other things. I think I got him mixed up with somebody else. Yeah, uh, you thought he was someone else. Uh, uh, his name's like Greg, or John Gattens. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote like Flight, Real Steel. Mm-hmm. Uh... Kong Skull Island. Oh, okay. Um, Coach Carter. Mm. He's writing Aladdin 2, the Guy Ritchie live action sequel. Okay. So he's still around. Yeah. John Gaddens. Yeah. Um, the little blue man guy. The little blue man guy. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then Marty gets dropped off at uh the premiere yeah it takes like a bus to the premiere that's right yeah he he was supposed to do all that have the meeting with the studio head the same day as the premiere Mm -hmm. uh for whitaker and Fowl. right um Uh, yeah it was like a budget setting meeting for Big Fat Liar, which is supposed to start filming the very next day. (laughs) Yeah, but there's already a trailer out. There's already a trailer. The movie's (laughs) going to start filming the day after the Whitaker and Fowl premiere. Mm -hmm. So everything moves very rapidly in this this movie's version of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Um, Um. So he, he goes to the premiere, and then... He's all disheveled, but then the next we see it's at that premiere after party. Yeah. And then everyone... Everybody's talking about how bad Whitaker and Fowl was. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, Like Dustin Diamond's like, oh, that sucked. Yeah. 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 (laughs) R.I.P. Dustin Diamond. R.I.P., yeah. And then uh, Keenan's there. Keenan's there. Uh, As I'm assuming Keenan Thompson, like playing himself. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And then uh, Keenan Thompson, by the way, an actor who's just been with us our whole lives. <laughs> he has. And he's, he just manages to stay famous. The even, whole the whole time. Even though I don't really think that he like does all that great of work ever really anymore. I don't uh, I guess if you're a fan of current SNL, but I'm definitely not. I don't need is he still on SNL? I think he just finally just left, left because yeah. he has like his own sitcom on NBC yeah. now. Uh I mean every time I I don't watch SNL that often, but occasionally I'll like see a clip show up on YouTube, maybe with Keenan and uh, you know, it's he's funny. I mean, yeah, I don't think he's an untalented performer, but I don't think he's done like very good work. Like, yeah, I think. I mean, I think SNL's been pretty rank for like the last like decade plus easily. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it's not really his fault, but uh, I, don't know. Yeah. I doubt I doubt his sitcom is like good. Just because it's like a major network sitcom. Yeah, who knows? Don't but... have any expectations for that. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's when... Uh, that's when... Jason shows up at the party. Yeah, and... Propositions. Before. Yeah, he's like, uh, you know... Well, because uh, oh, first, I guess yeah. we should say, Wolf has to like make a presentation to the studio head at the party now yeah because he blew him off earlier mm-hmm. uh and then the studio head was like whitaker and Fowl was dog shit mm-hmm. we're not shooting we're, your movie. we're pulling the plug on big fat liar yeah bfl yeah. bfl yeah uh, uh even though there's a trailer out for it. there's a trailer out for it. <laughs> they've already sent the trailer to theaters and uh, that happened like at least a month ago yeah the <laughs> trailer's out the effects are finished yeah it looks like a michael bay movie yeah yeah um but uh yeah so he at this uh, premiere af- after party, he has to give this big presentation to all these industry people um, about uh, the ending of Big Fat Liar because at this point, an ending is not has not been written. There's no script for the ending, mm-hmm. uh, which is funny because there's a trailer. <laughs> there's a trailer, and the movie's supposed to start filming yeah. the next day. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so I think the lack of ending is one of the reasons the producer thinks, or the studio head wants to pull the plug. Yeah, I, well, I forget, what, what was the number he said for the budget? Like 30 million, or was it 50? Uh, it was something in that range. It was like, a kinda, lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and so at the party, Jason shows up and basically says to marty you know i can make all this stop if you just do what i want which is call my dad and tell him the truth right uh which uh marty agrees to if he if jason helps him come up with an ending to big fat liar right uh like the the full script version because i'm assuming in jason's short story there was no ending that would have worked for a, a full-length movie yeah i mean um yeah i would say where jason fucked up is uh not asking him to call his dad before <laughs> telling yeah. him yeah uh, uh because he jason was in the driver's seat marty he had marty by the mm-hmm. you know by the balls <laughs> yeah and uh he could have really 
<laughs> really put the <laughs> clamps down, but he didn't do it. Yeah, this movie's so stupid. <laughs> so, so dumb. dumb. <laughs> well, and it, it only gets dumber. Yeah. Because once uh, his movie goes into the fourth phase, because, mm-hmm. okay, um, Marty gives the big presentation. Yeah, because Jason gives him an ending, basically, yeah. to to present to all these industry people and uh the guy's really impressed the studio the head. studio head is very impressed and uh so they move forward which i don't know why he's impressed because that ending sounds terrible <laughs> well i mean the whole idea for a movie sounds terrible <laughs> yeah. as well but uh because jason basically gives marty a reason to explain why he's painted blue and his hair is orange because uh he says that the character in the big fat liar movie uh turns blue and orange when he expresses like certain emotions oh god <laughs> <laughs> so marty uses that as like a like a visual aid yeah um uh so nobody thinks that he's you know strange for being blue and having orange hair i mean this was like several hours into the premiere like yeah. at this point <laughs> when he hadn't explained any of that to anybody yeah. um so yeah so this launches into the next phase because wolf uh screws him again yeah he double crosses him yeah, yeah. he he pretends to call his dad but actually calls security yeah then takes jason and uh kaylee off kaylee the, off the premises yeah so that launches phase four, which is like this movie's like big kind of like set piece. And mm-hmm. it's all set to that fat boy Slim song. Yep. <laughs> it is real cool. <laughs> <laughs> and we um, get to see more of them walking in slow-mo, putting oh, yeah. their sunglasses on. Yeah. And so this is, I mean, I don't know really how to explain all of this. Uh, I do think it's funny that Julia White, like somehow drives him to the middle of the desert yeah. and marty wolf doesn't question it until they're already in the middle of the desert <laughs> yeah like i mean we live pretty close to la where like what desert did they drive to i mean that's still like a solid 45 minutes yeah like it's not far really yeah. but but marty would have had to have noticed julia white were... said oh i'm taking you on a shortcut uh-huh and and then they cut to the middle of the desert, mm-hmm. and then he's like, wait, where are you taking me? <laughs> and it's like, you're already there. But haven't you been wondering that for the last, like, 45 yeah. minutes? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like uh, Seven, where it takes place yeah, in, like, a composite it's, city it's like where there's... like Joshua Tree yeah, or something. Like a New York City next right. to the desert. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so... Ha- why why does marty need uh why does he need a ride in the first place from jillo white like he oh. he's so at the at the end of the movie he's going to well because to film the first scenes of big fat liar yeah yeah he, uh, it's the first day of like principal photography well i think because his car's not working he has a driver who's donald Faison. oh right that's right and then they get into like a scuffle. Yeah. And then that's when Julia White shows up in his car. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you need a ride, Marty? Yeah. Whatever. And trying to play friendly with him. Because Donald Faison pretends to have uh, like car trouble and the engine starts like smoking. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they Julia White drives into the middle of the desert, and then Marty Wolf just barrel rolls out of the car in yeah. the middle of nowhere. Because uh, he starts to feel like he's being kidnapped by Jalil White. Mm-hmm. Which <laughs> Jal- I, Jalil was. White is Jalil White. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then that's when uh, Lee Majors comes in yeah. in a helicopter to the, pick him up. The, the stuntman who uh, has been verbally abused by Marty Wolf earlier yeah. in the movie. Uh, you know, he has reasons to be part of this revenge plot. Yeah, he, uh, all the characters we introduced are all part of this <laughs> big set piece yeah. here. Uh, uh, so, yeah, he's the stuntman who just for some reason comes in a helicopter <laughs> to rescue Marty from the desert. And Marty doesn't think that's strange. <laughs> he's just like, all right, I'll get in your helicopter, Lee Majors. Uh, I, I, I thought it was funny when Lee Majors said, oh, don't worry, I know how to drive this. I did tours in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And then Paul Giamatti just says, save me the sob story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Giamatti's got some lines Giamatti in this movie. honestly pretty much rules uh, in this. Um, the, there's a line in the scene right before that where Jalil White's driving him and... Uh, I think Jalil White's like bragging about his car because he's driving like a like a Jag or something like that. I'm not sure. And he's like, well, I didn't wear, you know, those suspenders and glasses all those years for nothing. And uh, Paul Giamatti just kind of says like, oh, well, that's a relief, like very sarcastically. (laughs) And uh, I've just remembered like uh, just all these years that my dad, when we saw that in theaters, thought that was hysterical. <laughs> that that line delivery. Well, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um. I mean, where would you would you have this in your top five Giamatti? Yeah. So we we talked about this before we recorded that we wanted to do top five Paul Giamatti performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think I've got this like. Somewhere outside the top five, okay. just barely. I've got it in mind. Yeah, should we? Should we do these? Yeah, let's. Yeah, do that. let's talk uh, top five Paul Giamatti performances. Yeah, and after that, we can we can kind of zoom through the rest of the plot. Just cause yeah, it's, there's not there's not a, a lot. I mean, you can kind of figure out what what's gonna happen. Yeah, there's not too much more. Um, so should we do this like? Uh, kind of like staggered like we yeah, do we'll yeah we'll start five each two or fives yeah um well, i'll go first my number five is the truman show mm-hmm. i kind of struggle with a five for him mm-hmm. it's not i i don't dislike the truman show i think that movie's good mm-hmm. but I, I couldn't come up with like a solid fifth performance and it's not that he's not been solid in movies Mm -hmm. but i also think that if you look at paul giamatti's filmography it's Mm -hmm. not as strong as you might think Uh, it is yeah i had a a similar thing where i realized that uh uh so i first noticed paul giamatti like in the 90s like he was had small parts and a lot of stuff like Mm -hmm. in the mid to late 90s and he had a lot of like kind of small bit parts but he was always like really good in those small mm-hmm. parts uh he kind of he's kind of like philip seymour hoffman in that way where i've just remembered him like being in really good in these small parts like early on 
in the 90s um but yeah i've got the truman show on my list also okay even though he's like probably i think he's credited as like uh control room that's what the imdb says Mm -hmm. other other cast lists that i was looking at has have him as simeon oh okay which is his character name yeah but i mean he's he's more of a character than Mm. that listing would lead you to believe like control room operator or whatever it is makes him sound like he's just a guy in the background or whatever um and And had it been another actor it may have been more anonymous than that yeah it's it's probably just because he's paul giamatti that he's able to give it a little bit of a little bit of personality yeah a little bit of weight Mm -hmm. uh yeah well my number five i got uh man on the moon yeah, he's pretty good in that movie. Yeah. Um I haven't seen that movie since theaters actually. Yeah. Uh But yeah, yeah I do remember. Yeah, he he's he's pretty good in that movie. Um and he uh You know what? I never really I always like sometimes think Giamatti has like a little bit of a Carry a little bit of a Jim Carrey vibe to him. Mm-hmm. Definitely in this movie, I think. Uh, he's definitely a lot funnier than I think he usually gets credit for. Yeah. Um, I, he's actually the reason I kind of want to see, uh, Jungle Cruise from 2021. Oh, yeah. Because he and, uh, Jesse Plemons are, like, the villains in that. Mm-hmm. And that sounds interesting to yeah. me. Yeah. I don't know if I really, like, want to watch that whole movie, <laughs> but I am curious, I guess. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's, like, um like andy kaufman's partner in man Mm -hmm. on the moon yeah uh who sometimes doubles as tony clifton in that movie yeah yeah um yeah kind of interesting i never thought about that that he actually doubled as jim carrey at one point yeah 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 well and he was in jim carrey's like kind of first two big like serious dramatic movies. movies yeah yeah uh I'll I'll just quickly say what my well I'll say my number four just because it's the Truman Show because you already said oh, that yeah. yeah okay yeah uh yeah the Truman Show is a great movie like, yeah, I, I love the Truman I Show I know you do yeah uh, you've seen that movie more than anybody I know <laughs> um my number four is Big Fat Liar baby <laughs> I know it sounds stupid and this movie is like not what I would call good no uh, it's not we haven't good. gotten to final judgments yet but it's not it's not like a good movie but it is an entertaining movie and i do think that if giamatti wasn't as good as he is in this movie i would not really have much if any fondness for this like maybe it'd be watchable but it would yeah it would not be like something that i like am compelled to stop on Mm. if i see it on cable or something like that yeah um he's great in this movie like yeah is it a lot more kind of (laughs) credence than yeah. this movie really deserves and uh yeah even though the the script and the dialogue isn't super good yeah he like i mean he's doing like a broad hollywood guy kind yeah of thing but he does it with enough personality yeah. that you're like oh but he, this he is goes fun. for it yeah like, he totally goes for yeah it. full on um and yeah he's great in this movie like mm-hmm. it's just a stupid movie yeah <laughs> that's the <laughs> uh yeah um and 
so my number three is another example of just a very small part, but a very memorable part. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this isn't, I don't, I don't think this is as good of a movie as the, the two movies that I just mentioned, but uh, I think he's quite good in it is the negotiator. Mm, yeah. Interesting. That's your number three. My number three. Wow. Rudy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just cause, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of, uh, like action movies with like, and a lot of like hostage movies and he's one of the most memorable hostages I've ever, uh. Well, and I think that's more of his career zone than I think I even really remembered. Yeah. Because I think of him kind of as being like, oh, half post sideways he's mm. like this kind of like indie leading man yeah and he's not actually really in all that many yeah he's at least not ones that i have much like interest or fondness for. yeah because there's things that i'm sure he's probably really good in i've just not seen them like i know a lot of people really like his performance in cinderella man but i've never seen it oh yeah (laughs) i didn't like that movie (laughs) i forgot about that but yeah i i mean like he's he's always good he's a very reliable actor um but yeah i don't know know. yeah my number three is uh american splendor Mm -hmm. which uh he's very good in that movie's like pretty good yeah that's a good movie i don't uh i don't like rewatch it no i've or seen it like very twice often yeah, yeah yeah but i mean he's good in it and it's a good movie mm-hmm. um harvey p car harvey p car yeah, yeah. And he, he's doing a little more of mm-hmm. a, a character than yeah. i think he usually does mm-hmm. because like the next two movies on the list are pretty similar personas mm-hmm. um which is kind of the main persona that i associate with paul giamatti yeah kind of style um but american splendor obviously he's playing like a much more like specific person so Mm -hmm. uh well number two for me is american splendor okay yeah okay uh my number two is a movie that uh we already talked about on this show storytelling oh yeah i forgot i kind of forgot about storytelling yeah that would probably be like um, an honorable mention for me i love him in storytelling yeah he's so good yeah he is good um well then i got we probably have the same number yeah i'm one. sure we I'm have the sure same number one yeah no yeah he is uh pretty great in storytelling i think just the other uh the other ones that he's got like smaller parts in just uh i saw just when i was at like that right age like because those were all like 98 99 like mm-hmm. man on the moon negotiator mm-hmm. truman show uh, just movies I've seen like several times and <laughs> big mama's house. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Big mama's house. Yeah. Um, but yes, I'm sure we have the same number one, which is sideways sideways. I was going to, yeah. I was going to do a joke like amazing Spider-Man <laughs> too. Uh, like oh, yeah. The rhino. Week. Yeah. Uh, that's quite the performance. Uh, but, um, never seen it. I've only seen clips. Mm. I just watched Giamatti clips from that just cause I was curious. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh, sideways rules. He's great in it. Yeah, he he's pretty great in Sideways. Uh, he's very funny and very. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think like this, the thing that like, the cultural 
takeaway that people had from that movie was the Merlot shit. Oh, the big scene where, where he, like, I'm not drinking any Merlot. And yeah. then, like, Merlot sales tanked like, in, <laughs> in the world because yeah. because people were, like, all of a sudden snobby about not mm-hmm. drinking Merlot because of Sideways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Giamatti's great in that movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that movie is basically only as good as its lead performance. And, mm-hmm. like, if a lesser performance that movie probably would be kind of annoying to me honestly like yeah like a soul searching wine drinking movie <laughs> like that sounds annoying but like he's yeah. so good in it that yeah you're like okay i like this movie yeah yeah you're right for like a yeah a movie about like a lost soul yeah uh, <laughs> there's a lot of annoying potential in that yeah it uh <laughs> he actually is like a a perfect fit for that yeah thomas yeah. hayden church is also very good in that movie yeah too. career best for thomas hayden church oh, easily i quote that all the time <laughs> i mean i quote like the dirty lines yeah. that he says miles you need to get your joint worked on miles <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah sideways i saw at a theater that you know you'll, you'll know what i'm talking about when i describe it but it's uh it was big when we were younger where a lot of older people <laughs> frequented well, that. Well, we thing. can say it because they're close. Oh, yeah, yeah. The So the UA. Um, the Marketplace. The Marketplace Theater. Second and PCH. Yeah, they're not open anymore. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, you know, had an older clientele. Yeah, it's yeah. funny because I didn't see Sideways there. I mm-hmm. saw Sideways somewhere in Orange County. I don't remember where I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um but I did see about Schmidt at I that theater. I also saw about Schmidt there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was, I was by far the youngest person yeah. in about Schmidt. Yeah. Very strong perfume smell <laughs> yeah. in that that room. You know what the all-time most jarring old person <laughs> scent movie that I ever saw was? What's that? Along Came a Spider. Mm. <laughs> it was all old people it smelled so much like perfume and cigarettes <laughs> and i remember that so distinctly yeah. for some reason i also saw a movie with my grandma oh nice uh, <laughs> uh yeah but yeah i saw that movie uh sideways that is with our friend brian mm-hmm. um i think right pretty much right when it opened and yeah the that merlot scene brought the house down mm-hmm. even though it's like not a super funny it's like kind of a funny scene but also like kind of a sad scene well yeah he's having it's like a like, nervous breakdown yeah, yeah it like kind of alternates between being funny and sad yeah uh, i mean that's the whole alexander Payne yeah. thing um which yeah that seems like that movie in a nutshell i love yeah. election i like sideways a lot and then after that alexander Payne's kind of gotten kind of increasingly less interesting to me yeah i think about schmidt's pretty good too um but i guess like the, i guess i'm thinking of the more recent ones i just haven't really cared too much like downsizing like downsizing yeah and, uh, i thought nebraska was all okay um, yeah that, that at this point's not that recent that's know, like a 10 year old movie now. yeah right yeah uh, I know he's another uh, Hollywood guy that had some allegations too mm-hmm. yeah. about him. So yeah, I don't really know. I don't really know too much about about specifics of it. Yeah, but uh, we can definitely talk more about 
Alexander Payne uh, because About Schmidt is a 2002 movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I haven't seen About Schmidt in a while. About Schmidt, I remember liking. Mm-hmm. I, I often sometimes just as like, an, like a little brain worm get the part where Jack Schmidt, or Jack Schmidt, <laughs> Jack, Schmidt. <laughs> Jack Nicholson is writing the letter to yeah. the African child mm-hmm. and he just says, Dear Indugu. Mm-hmm. And it's just like in that Jack Nicholson voice. Yeah. Sometimes get that just kind of like randomly burrowed into my head for mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And it just pops in there and I think about it and kind of chuckle. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's about Schmidt. That's another one that at the UA marketplace brought the house down. Absolutely. Yeah. That theater was the losing scene. Yep. Oh, Kathy my God. Bates. They were losing their minds. Yeah. Just like. <laughs> cardiac arrest in the aisles (laughs) possibly (laughs) yeah Uh, Yeah, i don't know what it was about that theater but it it brought in an older crowd (laughs) something about it it was all and and that was universal too because that was my my experience Mm -hmm. going there and that was your experience going Mm -hmm. there and that was both of our experience going there before we even knew each other it wasn't even like we were like Oh, yeah, you're right. No, Mm -hmm. we both knew that about that place. It was just how that place was. I actually miss that theater. I wish it would reopen. It was a great theater. Um, Uh, I mean, their, like, marquee still says, like, temporarily closed. Yeah. But it's been temporarily closed for two years now. Two years, so. Who knows? Hopefully hopefully they come back, but I'm not optimistic. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well. Maybe we can buy it. Maybe. Yeah, maybe show. just screen two thousand two. Yeah, just movies. we'll do. We'll just copy the two thousand two year. Yeah, we'll just show all the movies as if it were two thousand two. <laughs> we'll release them. Yeah, like on the uh, on like the week, and uh, and then people will be like, "Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why is that movie coming out again? Like, what's wrong with these guys?" Um, <laughs> like these guys, they have like a brain disorder or something. <laughs> yeah uh, all right all right so let's yeah let's wrap so, up big fat so that plot. that's paul giamatti yeah um yeah uh i i do also want to talk just very briefly about uh we can do this either now or after we finish up the plot i do want to talk a little bit about some of the uh actors that were considered for marty wolf Mm, okay i don't know them i didn't look that up ah, feel free to well let me lay it on me pull that up for you uh we can we can talk about that now let me just get this list up here are you looking at it no i'm looking at that frankie muniz tweet where he need the luggage rack so hard (laughs) (laughs) uh okay so here are uh some of the actors that were considered to play the part of Marty Wolf. Um, and I, I'm not sure like at what phase of the production or pre-production these actors were in consideration, but this is, here's the list and it's a long list actually. Okay. Uh, Peter McNichol, who you probably know from from Bean, Bean. from Bean and Alan McBeal. And, and, uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Two? Uh, Ghostbusters 2? Is he in just that one, or is he in both? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think, think he's, he's just in I two. I think he's just in two, yeah. Uh, Bradley Whitford. Okay. 
Uh, I can see that. Yeah, I could actually see it too. Uh, he wouldn't be as funny, but I think he would be more of like the <laughs> snide yeah. Hollywood guy. Yeah. Uh, that probably uh, his Billy Madison character was yeah. probably like part of the reason he was considered. Yeah. I would imagine. Uh, Jim Carrey. That would have been yeah something. That would have been something. Uh, he wasn't really doing no. kids movies at this point because he was no, still like, in his dramatic. Yeah, because like Liar phase. Liar was like his last kind, kind of, of kids one family adjacent. Yeah, movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so he was considered uh, Joe Pesci. Oh, man. <laughs> Which would have been uh, awesome. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I don't know how good it would have been. I'm going to shoot uh, you in the fucking head, Jason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we talked about this earlier, but I can only imagine in the pitch meeting for this, like, they probably, like, worded it as Home Alone meets the player or, yeah. you know, something like that. So they just got Patrick because he was in <laughs> yeah. Home Alone. Like, oh, Let's he'd be read. a good kid's kids movie villain um peter green how weird from the mask from the mask yeah strange okay um he's the villain from the mask if anyone's yeah he's familiar with that guy yeah it's the guy who like spits bullets in (laughs) that movie and looks like a freak (laughs) um uh alec baldwin oh boy (laughs) Oh, uh, I think that actually it probably it would he would have been kind of like his Thirty Rock character. Yeah, it probably would have made sense. It would it might have worked better than yeah. I think I might have initially thought. Yeah. Um. Uh, Willem Dafoe. No way. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been wild. You're you probably like surprised that I'm still listing names. It, yeah, yeah, it keeps going. Yeah. Um. Uh, and here's like probably the weirdest one, and this is the last one. Uh, Klaus Kinski. <laughs> uh, that would be cool. Um, no, uh, James Woods. Oh, um, who maybe back then? I guess it would have. He had yeah. fully descended into whatever he is now. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I mean, he, still, he though, definitely would have been an asshole, but he would have been a much more menacing asshole. Yeah, it would have been still, I think, pretty weird to see him show up in like a big budget family comedy. Yeah, I don't think he would have been able to nail the comedy. Yeah, he would have. He would have been fine in the scenes where Marty's just straight up an asshole. Mm-hmm. But anytime you ask him to do any of the like goofy stuff for laughs that yeah. Giamatti kind of nails. Like, I couldn't see James Woods, like, arching his eyebrow at the camera <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Or, I mean, even just, like, painted blue and, like, yeah. getting attacked by kids and stuff like that. Right. Or dancing to Hungry Like the yeah. Wolf with the yeah. with the monkey doll and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, none of that would have worked. Yeah. He would have been just way too menacing. Mm-hmm. Like, James Woods is just too much of a creep. Yeah. Too, too creepy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh by the way uh my favorite moment in this movie is and has always been marty wolf dancing to hungry like the wolf mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's great even though it's just like a quick moment yeah that's a great scene dance with me funny bones yeah yeah <laughs> um 
Yeah. It's, it's good. Uh, and yeah, so that's it for, for people who almost very played interesting list. Marty Wolf. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it was Giamatti. Yeah. I, I think... I don't think I would have had it any other way. Yeah. Uh, if I had to pick one of these, uh, <laughs> probably Pesci, just because I would have liked to... very weird. Yeah. <laughs> just like to have seen that. I also would have liked to have seen Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Because I feel like he would have also gone for it. Maybe yeah. he would have been too, like, odd-looking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be nice to Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Might have been a little too scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But... Again, I do think he would have tried hard, which is yeah. a, a Willem Dafoe staple. Right. Uh, who do you have any like fantasy castings for Marty Wolf? That's like not on this list yeah. of. Uh, not really, just because I can't really picture anybody but Paul Giamatti. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Dafoe or Pesci. Hmm. Or Woods, James Woods. <laughs> James Woods. Uh, that would be that would be something. Yeah. Um, How about you? Maybe like John Goodman, someone like <laughs> that, that. That that could have been. I mean, if some of these people were in consideration, I don't see why John Goodman. Yeah, I just feel like John Goodman's so good at the uh, the blow up, mm-hmm. the like anger blow up. Like yeah. that's. I mean, maybe it's just because I have storytelling on the brain because we were just talking about it again. Mm -hmm. But he's so good at that, like, barely controlled rage that he would have, could have probably done some funny stuff with this. Mm -hmm. But Giamatti is, yeah, Mm -hmm. he's the king. So I I don't want to, I wouldn't mess with success. Yeah. Or this is maybe veering into more like character actor territory, but uh, maybe James Rebhorn. Best in Chinatown. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a line from a, <laughs> a movie. <laughs> That's not me just saying that, by the way, to anyone listening. Uh, yeah. The game. <laughs> yeah. James Rebhorn, beloved uh, character actor. James Rebhorn is my all time favorite character actor. Yeah. Who most people probably know as the secretary of defense from independence day was he the secretary of defense uh chief of staff i can't remember something he was also like kind of the asshole guy from meet the parents yeah uh hey jackie he gets like <laughs> drunk and ben stiller drives him easy home. fucker yeah yeah watch it watch it fucker <laughs> Uh, James Redporn, no longer with us. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, but yeah, probably, probably my single all-time favorite character actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a great guy when he shows up and you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm in good hands. Yeah. Redporn's here. Yeah. Also in Blank Check. I think that's why yeah, I, I yeah. kind of thought of him being in a, a family movie. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, uh... Preston, Preston Waters', Waters dad. dad. Yeah. yeah. Even though he seems too old <laughs> yeah. to be uh, <laughs> Yeah. To be Brian Bonsall's dad. Yeah. And should we post the photo again? We could. We brought him <laughs> up again. Might as well. Maybe we'll ta- I'll tag him again, see if he responds <laughs> this time. Uh, Alright, let's let's wrap up Big Fat Liar. Yeah. So they they do all this elaborate all these elaborate yeah, things they, to get him to the 
they have a lot. Donald Faison kidnap him, then Jalil White, then uh, Lee Majors puts him in his helicopter, and they have to uh, do a, an emergency exit because <laughs> Lee Majors says, "Oh, the helicopter." He said, "This bird's going down." This bird's going down. <laughs> yeah, the helicopter is malfunctioning, so they have to they have to parachute out. Can you imagine if a helicopter just randomly crashed in the middle of L.A. <laughs> one day? That would be wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, they, like, you know, they fake this helicopter uh, incident, like this malfunction, so they have to abandon ship. They parachute out, and uh, they, you know, Lee Majors eventually gets Paul Giamatti to the the studio mm-hmm. did now where did they land did they ever show that uh no they just show them like walking mm-hmm. from a distance away yeah. like yeah. in slow-mo mm-hmm. um and paul giamatti looking very like frazzled yeah yeah mm-hmm. big, uh, big frazzled face yeah <laughs> um and then uh and then what jason confronts him right and then they he, he chases him yeah he's through, walking like, like sets. yeah they're walking um uh, marty wolf walks through like an old west set mm-hmm. uh so it's kind of like a you know a high noon showdown um yeah. uh where he sees jason shepherd and uh jason reveals that he has kidnapped mr funny bones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mr. Funny Bones, if, if we hadn't really explained yeah, if that, we didn't explain that, is uh, Marty Wolf's beloved uh, monkey stuffed animal. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's a, you know, a, a tough as nails Hollywood producer who has a stuffed animal, right. a monkey stuffed animal. Yeah. Um, so he chases him throughout various sets. So, like, I know one of the ones they do is that it's it's all like universal backlot stuff yeah because one of them is like the three the three yeah with the Uh, flood yeah yeah uh and eventually chases him up to like a rooftop yeah uh where uh marty wolf basically does like the classic uh you know villain monologue where he lays out everything that he's done wrong where he was like in in excruciating detail yeah yeah, for for no real reason yeah just does some monologuing and you know incriminates himself you know Mm -hmm. says yeah i stole your story because you know blah 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 yeah and what are you gonna do about it yeah yeah. then it's revealed that he is being filmed uh, by multiple video cameras and it's all being also simulcast yeah so everyone on everyone on the studio <laughs> on the lot, lot. Yeah. including jason's parents yeah who were picked up by donald Faison from yeah. the airport and brought to the studio so they could see this yeah and see that jason was telling the truth yeah uh so, oh, this is so stupid <laughs> this, is, this is such a dumb movie uh and I'll probably give it a much higher grade than it oh, deserves. It's, it's getting way too high of a grade, considering. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. And then um, Jason gets the credit that he deserves. Uh, yeah. After that, it's the premiere. Yeah, they cut to the premiere of 
mm-hmm. big fat liar and, finally being released. And like Donald Faison's the star. Of yeah, the he's movie. the lead. He's uh, uh, Frankie Trooper. No, what's the name of the character? <laughs> I don't it's remember. not important yeah. that we know the name of the character in the movie. In the movie, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so Donald Faison, who is established as a, an aspiring actor in addition to being a limo driver. Yeah. Uh, gets the part of the lead in yeah, I think, Big Fat Liar. I think, like, it was established that that Marty was, like, kind of, like, blackballing him. Yeah. Because of the shit that went down between them. Yeah, he... Before uh, the movie starts. Uh, yeah, I think he said that when he was his driver before um he gave him his headshot and marty wolf uh uh took the headshot and wrote the word loser on (laughs) (laughs) donald Faison's forehead and faxed it to all the casting agencies right yeah Yeah. okay um so yeah that kind of screwed over his uh his career his career so donald Faison's the star the movie comes out jason's got the the credit, uh, Monty is the new writer slash producer. No director to be found, as we previously uh, <laughs> yeah. discussed. Uh, and then it also, it well, it, it ends with Marty is now a, a birthday clown. Yeah, he uh, he's lost his job at the, you know, the studio and he's working as a as a clown yeah just like the yeah. scene from before mm-hmm. and whose birthday party does he go to but no other than uh the kid of the monster truck guy yeah, the who crushed of, his car yeah, and the, it looks just like that guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah the son Good of casting. the monster truck driver yeah <laughs> and then um, that that he's like show him your nutcracker or something yeah. like that and that kid like Dropkick Paul's drop kicks Paul Giamatti like right in the nuts, and that's yeah. how the movie ends. Yep, cut to black, <laughs> <laughs> and then Bob and starts yeah. flying. <laughs> oh boy, uh, yeah, not a not a cool movie. No, but, it's so uh, stupid. It's so dorky, and yet in our final judgments, I'm probably gonna give this a C plus. Yeah, I, I was actually... Maybe even a B minus. Uh, it teeters <laughs> on that, but I also don't want to do that. Uh, I, I think I was leaning somewhere between C and C minus. I think I'll probably land on C, just because it's, it's just so dumb. It is very dumb. <laughs> but it uh, I think it does capture a little bit of that 90s kids movie magic that i have mentioned well and something we talked about during the slackers episode last week was that you know a lot of these comedies especially like you're re-watching them and you're just like oh god these are awful like they Uh (laughs) treat people like shit and no one really gets treated like shit like this is a fairly like obviously i guess because it's family friendly Uh but like it's a fairly wholesome movie like the only person that really gets treated like shit is marty wolf who's a piece of shit yeah and it's like i don't know there's nothing offensive (laughs) in it like it's just kind of it's kind of nice to be able to watch it and not have like my memory of it be (laughs) scarred completely you know i mean it's maybe somehow even dorkier than i remember but apart from that like yeah yeah it was fine (laughs) yeah there's yeah as far as that goes there's not too much like uh 
you know, hateful. Yeah, nobody says slurs or yeah. anything like that. I mean, well, Marty does use a variation of the R word. Oh, does he? Yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> Towards Donald Faison. Well, and he also like makes fat jokes about that one woman. Uh, yeah, one, like, he does studio exec or whatever she is. Yeah, so he, yeah, he does use a variation of the R word. He calls that woman. Uh, he makes fun of her for being overweight and eating Twinkies. And then... Uh, Classic. Very yeah. funny. Uh, so, I mean, it's not, like, infallible. Yeah, but, like, but still, like, it's not a... It's not as unpleasant of a viewing experience as slackers. No, I mean, slackers. Yeah, slackers. <laughs> slackers. <laughs> Take a shower afterwards. <laughs> All right. So, you gave uh, it a C or a C minus? I'm going to land on C. Right okay. in the middle. Yeah. 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 yeah there's just... I mean, Giamatti's <laughs> just having too much fun I yeah think, to not kind of like have a little bit of fun along mm-hmm. with it in spite of yeah how, how dorky it is yeah and embarrassing it is to watch right um so should we uh uh move on to the uh critical response for this yeah do you want to do that or the box office first uh oh yeah let, let's talk box office and then okay. we'll we'll do Rotten Tomatoes and what have you. Sure. So this movie had a budget of about fifteen million dollars. Mm. So pretty for a kids' comedy. That's probably pretty high. But yeah, that's not not huge. Though. It's not a huge budget no. for this time period. Yeah, considering the way movie spending kind of was yeah. at the time. Um, and it looked like a it looked like a pretty big budget movie. Yeah, I mean, it's fairly well done, I guess, considering. Yeah. Um, this movie uh, opened at number two that wow. weekend, uh, and this uh, this was uh, as we alluded to earlier the first weekend in a while where Black Hawk Down is not the number one. Black mm-hmm. Hawk Down actually drops down to number four. Wow, um, and all three of the movies that we're going to do episodes on are one, two, and three. So mm. this movie's two. Collateral Damage is number one. Mm-hmm. And somehow Rollerball was number three. <laughs> somehow Rollerball made $9 million that opening wow. weekend. Um, Rollerball is another one I can't wait to talk uh, about. I've seen Rollerball probably more than a lot of people have <laughs> seen Rollerball. Most people have never seen the... 2002 rollerball but i've seen it like four times yeah uh it is a wild one and Um, it's got it's also got a wild production uh yes backstory a lot we can talk about with rollerball i'm excited for that one Uh excited for collateral damage next week too or Mm. two weeks from next episode yeah next episode uh because we can talk all about like Mm 9-11 stuff in cinema um but yeah Big Fat Liar opened at number two. It made $11.5 million. Pretty healthy opening weekend, especially yeah. considering it was made for like 15 Yeah. Um, it went on to gross $48.3 okay. So it must have hung around for a while. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, kind I mean, of a while. Yeah. And February is a little more competitive, but this was at a time when, you know, like... We had said sort of that movies are so binary. Like there are movies for boys, movies for girls, mm. movies for families. 
Yeah. And this was like clearly the top family option for yeah. like all of February, basically, right. probably. So it uh it did pretty well. Uh forty eight point three million. Only did four point six million internationally, so mm. it just never got a big release. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense. No huge stars. No huge stars. Yeah. It's all like Hollywood bullshit. Yeah. Which obviously Hollywood is an international industry, but like Yeah. Maybe like the Tinseltown mm-hmm. aspect of it probably doesn't play as right. well internationally. Uh so yeah, fifty two point nine million worldwide so honestly like for a kids comedy that mm-hmm. made for 15 million dollars pretty well yeah pretty decent mm-hmm. um so critically we know ebert and roper gave yeah. it two thumbs up mm-hmm. uh roper is on the box with a pull quote and it also yeah. has two thumbs up ebert and roper we've um, got we've got the dvd right here next yeah, to us yeah we're looking at it we're yeah. looking at it uh how do you think this movie fared um under the uh critical eye of the rotten tomatoes well critics? i i do obviously i know that that they gave it a positive review two yeah. thumbs up but i do remember that I think they were kind of outliers. Like I think in, I mean, I could be wrong because I, I'm making it a point now to not look at the Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah, uh, thank you. Before we record, uh, I I think that it was not super well reviewed. Maybe not super poorly reviewed, but I think it was maybe on the lower side. Like I'm gonna say in the 40s like i'll say 44 <laughs> percent. that's exactly what it is is that really what it is yeah it i really swear is. i didn't look this up <laughs> uh, i think eventually you might have to start <laughs> quizzing me on these uh just just so we can see how it uh i sincerely promise that i did not look that up no i believe you um that's about where i would have gone uh, to because i didn't i didn't look this up prior to doing this yeah because uh, I also kind of like to be surprised, even if I'm the one that knows the answer mm-hmm. ahead of time. Uh, Metascore, you got that. That one's harder to avoid because it's plastered on the IMDb profile. Uh, yeah, like, I still don't know if I know it though. Uh, the sixty-five. Uh, sixty-five. Yeah. You think it's positive? On mm. No. Well, no. it's it's a 36. Oh, 36. Yeah. So 65 would be like generally favorable reviews oh, okay. according to Metacritic. So yeah. that'd be a little high. But uh Well, yeah. I mean four, 44 is not like super low though no but i mean <laughs> yeah it would I be think weird in order to get to 65 all the critics who liked yeah. it would have had to give it like a pluses <laughs> yeah <laughs> which would that's have been right something <laughs> yeah uh which i guess that'd be funny if they really felt that strongly about it and then right. the handful of critics that were just like well, no it wasn't good <laughs> what and then there's like <laughs> like the boston globe guy like ty uh, uh whatever his name is yeah like like four stars best movie <laughs> i've ever seen in my whole life 
<laughs> yeah, that would be uh, that'd be something. Uh, yeah, it's a big fat liar. Not a huge critical. No, success. not really. But in like but also, my kid brain, because yeah. Ebert and Roper were only the were really, really only the critics that mattered. Besides, like yeah, uh, like Glenn Kenny, who was like mm-hmm. uh, published in our local paper, but like, uh, is wait, not Glenn Kenny. Glenn Whip. Glenn Whip. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, I only really read like a couple critics. Glenn Whip because mm-hmm. he was um, yeah published here he's not based here but yeah. they, they just published his stuff uh he's from here well i think he was at the time because i met him oh really yeah maybe maybe i'm thinking of someone else then uh I, but he was yeah he was uh published in a lot of different newspapers yeah, yeah. okay but i um, i work somewhere where i uh helped him as a customer and i checked his id and saw that it said glenn whip yeah and i was like not glenn whip of the press telegram <laughs> and he was like well i don't just write for the press telegram <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh check out the big swinging dick on glenn whip <laughs> well i write for several outlets but he was very nice uh <laughs> that's cool he did uh he did ask me he was like oh you're a movie guy huh? what do you what do you like and i i wish i had a better movie to like uh like say that i had recently seen but i was just like oh the last thing i saw was talladega nights <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh cool not a cool interesting pick at all did he like that movie i can't remember i don't oh, know okay <laughs> but he was just like oh yeah yeah and that was my interaction with glenn whip nice yeah but nice guy that's cool yeah yeah well i read him i read uh uh owen glyberman and lisa schwarzbaum from mm-hmm. entertainment weekly at the time yeah uh, they both write for different outlets now i don't know what mm. um and then I read, or yeah, I guess I read Ebert and mm-hmm. watched Ebert and Roper. Mm-hmm. So in like my kid brain, this movie was surprisingly well received or mm-hmm. whatever because yeah. of the Ebert and Roper. Got those two thumbs up. I mean, and that was it. Yeah. And I mean, it got me to see it that day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I still kind of knew that it in general wasn't super well reviewed. <laughs> Well, I can see why, even though I have a fondness for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's Big Fat Liar. That's Big Fat Liar. Um, I mean, I'd watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a few years, I yeah. think. But uh, yeah. it, it's definitely still probably the kind of movie that will catch my eye. Mm-hmm. to where all like I, I actually i don't i don't have cable anymore so this is like a hypothetical scenario that's not actually likely to ever really play out mm-hmm. but uh like it, it's the kind of movie where if i'm browsing the cable guide i would turn on and then continue to browse the cable guide you know, it's like your placeholder movie. Yeah. Like, you know, you turn it on in case you can't find something better. Like, right. this is what I would stick with, but I'm going to keep looking. Mm-hmm. So it's like that kind of movie for me. So yeah. if there is ever some scenario in the next couple of years where I uh, have cable, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I'll do that with this movie if it's yeah. on. Uh, yeah, I probably will never see its sequel, though. 
Bigger, fatter liar. Bigger, fatter liar with Barry Bostwick. Yeah. Um, we did. We were talking about this the other day, and I meant to actually watch the trailer for that before this because I wasn't certainly wasn't going to watch the movie. Hmm. I um, watched the trailer. Did you? Mm-hmm. Bad. <laughs> Quite bad. Yeah. So the thing that I didn't know about this sequel yeah. until the other day is that both of the main characters are related to both of the main characters yeah. in this. It's like it's L- like Larry Wolf. It's, it's someone that's related to Marty Wolf, uh-huh. and then someone that's related to Jason Shepard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's Shepard and Wolf. Shepard and Wolf, and I also never picked up on the uh, sh- the Wolf and Fable. Shepard. Yeah, like, yeah, Wolf and Shepard. Analogy yeah. or whatever. Right. Uh, I saw uh, that in the IMDb trivia, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess." Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the there is one other uh, IMDb trivia factoid that I want to call attention to before mm-hmm. we uh, finish talking about Big Fat Liar uh, <laughs> about the blue dye. Did you uh, see that? Yeah, I'm sure I, you did. Uh, yes, I did read this. <laughs> <laughs> the blue. I'll, I'll read this for the audience. Yeah. The blue dye was tattoo ink that was sprayed in several layers on his body occasionally throughout the day to keep it topped up. Topped up? (laughs) Topped off? I don't know. According to Paul Giamatti, it was fairly easy to apply, but was a bit more difficult to get off, particularly his feet for some reason. His feet stayed blue for (laughs) several months! (laughs) Yeah, man. Giamatti just had blue feet because of this movie? (laughs) I mean, that's dedication. Yeah, to craft. he's committed. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I think one other. I think the, the last IMDb trivia fact I, I'll bring up that I read is that the um, the trailer voice announcer for Big Fat Liar, the movie in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, that person whoever did that voiceover was uncredited and to this day no one knows who it is Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah big mystery yeah (laughs) i mean i'm sure somebody knows who it is like we could call up sean levy yeah probably yeah i mean is is do you think it's anybody oh i don't know i just some guy yeah (laughs) i it's probably just uncredited because it was nobody we should we should go off on a tangent, maybe not this episode, because this episode's probably long enough already, <laughs> but uh, about the the uh, our desire to bring back the trailer voice guy. Yeah. Yeah. We have we definitely saw the trailer voiceover kind of fade away over the years. Uh, you still get the, like, TV spot mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. But he usually just says this Friday or whatever. Right. And that's like all it is. <laughs> yeah, they should definitely bring back movie voiceovers. Yeah. Or movie trailer voiceovers. I mean, uh, but yeah, that's that's Big Fat Liar. We we talked about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe we should watch Bigger, Fatter, Liar. No, no, I, no, no. We we've already signed ourselves up for too many like stupid movies <laughs> that we have to watch for this podcast. I'm not not doing a, a sequel to this movie that's like not even from 2002. <laughs> that but, uh, looks awful. I mean, we could make a connection because <laughs> I'm sure we could, yeah. but I would rather make that stretch for other more interesting things. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's 
that's big fat liar so we'll we'll be uh coming back at you two weeks with collateral damage yeah, collateral damage should be a good one as far as i know travis is gonna be our guest yeah first time yeah he'll be joining us in the shed yep uh and until then uh please rate review subscribe on all your favorite sources um mm-hmm. uh, otherwise i think that's it uh if you listen to our best of 2021 episodes mm-hmm. parts one and two and you weren't sure where to find any of those movies to watch. I uh, found all the sources, the best possible ways to watch them, or the easiest possible ways to watch them. And they're in our uh, Instagram, like, stories archive thing on our Instagram mm. page. So yeah. you can go on there and you can see those if you're curious, like, where to stream any of those movies. Although I think Matrix Revolutions is no longer, or Resurrections is no longer streaming but otherwise it's all current yeah and i think some of the ones we mentioned that were limited at the time have opened up wide or wider anyways uh like drive my car like drive my car i think that's playing kind of around here so yeah maybe it's playing in your area yeah maybe it's where you live but uh if not i mean that movie will be streaming probably in the next like month or two yeah at this point the way the way the process usually accelerates yeah it should be on the streaming service yeah in the next month you'll probably be able to see pretty much everything except memoria right yeah which you can find through means yeah all right all right well bye we should probably sign off adios Uh, sugar pop (laughs) that's a quote from this movie from big fat liar All right, uh, thanks for listening. Goodbye, everybody.